Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners, patrons, and sponsors. If you'd like to learn more about supporting the 3-Bit Gamer Show, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash 3BG. And a huge thanks goes out to our boss-level patrons, Jeff, Christopher, and Patrick. Tonight on the 3-Bit Gamer Show, we're going to kick off with some news. Then, we're going to stuff some kudos down your throat. But you make sure to save room, because we've got foodio games coming up right after. It's going to be an all-out brawl for your ears, brain, hearts, and farts. You just logged on to the 3-Bit Gamer Show. Welcome to the 3-Bit Gamer Show. I'm JD. This is Peterson. And this is Trent. I can't. I can't. I had to try hearts and farts three times. <laughs> who changed it to, who put the N in? I did. Trent. <laughs> but somebody did that. I just said, that was it. When you changed it from hearts and farts to hearts and farts? Hearts and farts. <laughs> Live from the 3Big Gamer Show. The News. <laughs> all right, our news this week is brought to us, as with all weeks, by Crave Crave Cookies. Crave uh, Crave Cookies. Go to cravecookies.com um, because Trent is just bringing it. He brought it this week. Uh, this one that just kind of like stunned me. I was like, where did this come from? Trent, where did this come from? The Carmelita? Was this just like the Sunday night Phantom of the Opera Trent like inspiration on this one? No, dude. This was an Instagram comment suggestion. Oh, nice. This was someone on our Instagram that that thought we should make this cookie. So, okay. It. It's uh, oatmeal dough uh, as the base, caramel chunks and semi-sweet chocolate chunks, and then a caramel drizzle. Mm. So it's like an oatmeal caramel chocolate chip cookie. Exactly. Decadent. It's so good. What the? F- that just that sounds so good. Why? Why have I never heard of caramel mixed with oatmeal? Supposedly, this is like a you know those bars, like just the dessert bars. Yeah. This is like a common one, like an avalanche bar. It's the caramelita. Oh, well, that I've sounds dope. Either. I haven't heard of it, but yeah, that sounds really Jeez. good. He's also got his classic snickerdoodle he made with cinnamon toast crunch dust. <laughs> so it's gonna taste like the cereal. Oh my god. Also, the classic peanut butter and the brookie and the black and white. Trent's first black and white cookie, folks. Yeah. Trent just discovered this. And and unlike other people who have a cookie for the first time, Trent just goes out and makes it. He's like, oh, that was a cool <laughs> cookie. Now I'm going to sell that. That's yeah, yeah. mine now. That's my cookie now. That's mine. I sell that. 
Uh, all right, let's get into some news because we have a lot. Um, the first up we have here, the headline, America has 227 million gamers now. That's, uh, what's There's our population? 328. Yeah. Well, what are those other guys doing? I don't know. Get I don't in. know. What are you guys messing around for? Two-thirds, well over two-thirds of the country. Bunch of gamers. This comes from the ESA's 2021 Essential Facts About the Video Game Industry. Uh, this is a report that they do every year. Uh, the inter- the ESA is the Entertainment Software Association, I believe. Uh so I was going to bust through some facts, some fun facts. Feel free to stop me if you're like, J.D., I have a comment on that fun fact you just said. Uh, first one, the Press average age of the American gamer is 31. Hey, uh, bringing and, that average up. <laughs> which is kind of crazy that 80% of gamers are over 18. Yeah. What? Yeah, 80% well, over 18. That's because 18. that entire demographic is is the crew that grew up with like the NES. So those are the people that have been there the whole time, right? Like, well, then why are all the Fortnite lobbies exclusively people under 18? Okay, that's because you're talking about Fortnite. Oh, okay, I get it. This it just filters out. This the survey includes people like who are playing mobile games and stuff. So we had a fun conversation in the car. My kids were like, all right, hey, who do you, who plays the most video games out of everyone in the family? Or who plays like the longest is what they're saying. And I was like, mom does. And she's like, well, I don't play video games. And they're like, she doesn't play video games. And I was like, yeah, she's on her phone all day long playing games, quote unquote. Because What is her game of choice? I feel like you have not like scratched oh. this topic on the podcast ever I, before. I think I kind of have, but... No, here's the thing. They are. I barely consider them games. Like Candy Crush. No, no. It sounds like that. this is beneath oh. Candy Crush. The way that Peter's smile in his eyes. Right. She now. routinely puts like four hour Candy Crush. Like I will in. play some Candy Crush tiles. I'll play a match three game every now and then. No, no, no. She doesn't even do that. She will sit there and play these little uh, color by numbers games or puzzle games. But like, where you, all you're doing is just sitting there and like touching the numbers and like making a picture. <laughs> It's it's barely. Dude, this is game. Annie. This is Annie. <laughs> this it's is like, my every night in bed. I look over and for like three hours, she's just pushing numbers and watching the colors change. And, and I'm you're like, like, what? What is this? I guess have fun. Yeah. Maybe you two have driven your wives insane. <laughs> oh, that's definitely the case. But the the type of insanity that she would open up a, a game like this and be interested in it is, uh, I don't know how we got there. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I would get there, so I don't know uh, what I did, but I did something wrong. Well, there you have it. It's the gamers on the phone. Uh, mm. Although, Peterson, I don't think Kelsey would count if they had surveyed her because she wouldn't have self-identified as a gamer, I don't think, then, if she didn't do it when you guys they, were talking about it. Yeah, so she yeah, she didn't even consider herself as like... So well, I wonder if this is, would even skew higher, then, is kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at, is that maybe the data skews even higher than this. Yeah, um, because maybe. people just don't classify themselves. Okay, so 45% of gamers identify as female, 55% as male, according to the ESA. People of color also appear to be underrepresented. 73% of ESA respondents said they're white, 8% Hispanic, 8% black, and 6% Asian. Uh, I mean, I think that's worth noting just how overwhelmingly white this hobby remains. I don't know. It's like whiter than hockey. 
uh, <laughs> which is considerable. Uh, which is, the, I mean, guys, that's JD just said the whitest thing he could think of, which is hockey. <laughs> the whitest thing a white person could think of. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hockey, hockey, I don't know. <laughs> Tons of Midwesterners, yeah, just a uh, bunch of North <laughs> 70 70 77% of gamers play with each other with others every week, up from 70 65. Wow. Fuck. Let me try that again. You got this. So, so this is pandemic related. These are two pandemic related stats that jumped out uh, during the pandemic. 77% of gamers play with others every week, which is up from 65% last year or the year before. So 2019. Yep. So that's a considerable amount of people. Um, and then 74% of parents play with gamers with their children up play games. Yes. Yeah, so 74% of the parents play with their kids the year before. And that's got to be pandemic related because, you know, we've seen the sales of consoles and stuff go up. Uh, you know, I play with all my kids and part of that is like, well, we got to get all the consoles so we can all play Fortnite together because nothing is split screen anymore. And so, yeah, yeah. So that, that would make sense to me. Um, although I will throw a quick shout out when, uh, Jackson was in town and Trent came over and we were hanging out streets of rage four. Yep. Still can play that on the same still, screen. Still, still and can it's on play Game Pass. It's just always there. That's your couch co-op go-to. Mm-hmm. Okay, next story. Uh, this is just a little guy. Uh, Discord has purchased uh, content moderation startup Centropy, which focuses on AI content moderation. Uh-oh. I was unaware that 15% of Discord staff is directly related to content moderation, which would make sense. I think they've done a pretty bang-up job. Uh, keeping their platform pretty clear of bullshit and nonsense. Um, so I, guess I remember turning a couple to the computers years, to help. A couple years back, uh, they were cracking down on this sort of thing, uh, which made a bunch of people mad. But you know, the people had you know made some and not safe for work servers, yeah. posting some shady stuff. And so yeah, Discord continuing to crack down on that. They it's not what they want their platform to be, right? Yeah. And it's cool to see them investing, considering people are always nipping at their heels trying to buy them to see <laughs> yeah, that they're they're buying someone else. There you go, Discord. Uh okay, guys. Uh Peterson, do you want to I guess we have to do this crazy story. We're just this is our biggest story, I imagine. It's so ridiculous. Uh, Twitch streamers rake in millions with shady crypto gambling boom. I like barely understand this. So how many of the, how many words of that did you understand? Uh, Peterson, yeah. you 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 do understand it. It's not there's not too much to understand. Basically, people are gambling with crypto in online casinos. Uh, it makes it a lot easier when you're gambling with crypto than dollars because that's the whole point of Bitcoin and, and these other currencies like Ethereum is that they're designed to be traded easily uh, and anonymously online. Yeah. And so you go and you make these casinos and people can play there all they want. The um, They're obviously banned in the US, but generally the kind of sketchier ones, you can just get around with a VPN and it's no big deal. So these have become very popular crypto casinos are just kind of it's online gambling you could do honestly i could sit here and in 
I could make a 10 minute video that would explain to you how to do this. And anyone could just essentially be gambling in a, a casino in their living room with real money in like an hour. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and ask you to make that video. I was going to say the same thing. I, I could use that video. <laughs> mm. So this is extremely while. easy to do. It's extremely accessible. And hell, no one's going to casinos with a global pandemic that never seems to end. So yeah, this has become gosh. very big. However, how do you popularize these things? How do you market these things? Because once you start marketing them, now you're getting into sketchy illegal territory. Well, you just use Twitch because if you're doing sketchy illegal shit on Twitch, yeah. well, that's a place to do it. So Wired take, <laughs> takes a look and sees that of the top 1,000 most trafficked Twitch streamers, 64 of them have stream, are streaming crypto slots or are advertising deals from crypto gambling websites. See, that is a lot of yeah. people. That's... Uh... The slots, though, I mean, gosh, you should go that's... watch it. It's not the slots that you think. It's the ones where you see like the super players with like the the zippy card on their waist belt that play the slots. And there's like 50 things on the screen. And you're like, how the hell do they know what's going on? It's that type of slots. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I jumped on randomly. I just went to you guys can do this. Go to twitch.tv and you just type in casino. And the first one, one of the first ones I saw, there were 40,000 people watching. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. That and so crazy. like they, they get the, but the problem here is not that they're streaming this. The problem is that, cause Peterson, you tell me as a, as a degenerate gambler, <laughs> do you think you could stream yourself gambling every day? Is that a sustainable hobby you could do for eight hours a day? Yes. No, no. Could you could, without losing your house financially? Oh, right, but no. if you're streaming to forty thousand people, isn't aren't aren't you just making, making money a little from bit of your money? ads? Not as much as your. Okay, here yeah. we go. I will re. I yeah. will read this account because it is absolutely insane. So they fly this guy. His name's Bangston. We'll just, I'll just call him Bangston. I don't know how to pronounce his name. So they call they fly this guy out to Mexico, one of these gambling companies, and he's streaming from Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So his account starts with $15,000 in Bitcoin. He's playing mines, quote, mines. Think Minesweeper, but cryptocurrency stakes. Okay. 40,000 people are watching. His first bet is $2,000. He blows through the $15,000 he starts with in 40 seconds. Wow, oh, what? 40 seconds. And he goes, quote, I need to ask them for more bread. We're going to pretend that didn't happen. So in his next round, $7,000 becomes zero immediately. Oh, my God. So he stops playing mines. He switches to slots. Now there's $15,000 in his account. No one explains why. He's still streaming. The money and then the the ro the rubelt window is not on screen between when he loses all his money and the money enters his account. So it's not showing his account at any point during any of this. And at the end of the stream... He's up $203,000. He oh gives God. thousands of his Rubet funds to his viewers, and he just carries on. Wow. So if you guys picked up on this, these casinos are just constantly filling the accounts because they don't care. They're not losing money. They're just giving them. They're letting these streamers play with house money. Yeah. So, then so they, they can, never lose, and they can yeah. just keep streaming, and then and everyone then more thinks more people want to play. So... Mm. That's Twitch. Well, 
That's the that's the scoop. Twitch is now and a casino. It is, guys, this is like an on like like I said, just you can go see this for yourself right fucking now. You can watch the accounts as they lose go down and then magically fill back up. And it's just like they do this just for hours and hours and and can I they go up to say... Canada or Mexico? This is the only time I've really been interested in Twitch. Is that weird? (laughs) You can watch these casinos or the slots they play, dude. It's pretty fucking boring. I'm like, I don't know why no one's playing craps. I want to play card games. No one's playing card games. No one's playing poker. No one's playing anything. It's just these dumb little slot games. Uh, And and just like an Eastern European guy, they're muttering to himself while they they spin. And it's like, yet. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that is that. Um, okay, so next up we've got Netflix. You guys have probably heard whisperings. Yeah. Netflix wants to get into the world of video games. Getting in. And what do you do? What is the first thing you do? Well, you go out and you spend a, as much money as possible mm-hmm. on a big video game chief. A guy. Run your video you need game a guy. Studio. You don't start small. You don't, you know, kind of follow in the footsteps of your your founder's startup-y traditions. You go find Mike Verdue. Mike Verdue, he will be joining Netflix as the vice president of game development. He will be reporting to the COO. Uh, He was previously Facebook's vice president in charge of working with developers to bring games and other content to Oculus reality headsets. So he was in the ARVR chief at Facebook. His other credentials include EA with titles like Sims, Plants vs. Zombies, and the Star Wars franchise as well. The three most over-monetized, god-awful, overly-milked franchises that EA has ever touched. Hey, Plants uh, vs. Zombies is good, JD. Yeah, no, I like literally was unplayable because there were so many places it was asking for me to spend no, money. Not but that, I think not the shooter one. The one I played, Modern Garden Warfare, yeah, dude. Yeah, played the shooter one. Those ones suck. Oh, well, I guess I screwed up. Uh, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure those are the ones he was over yeah, because he was sure also was. this chief creative officer at Zynga between 2009 oh. and 2012. Guys, if you they, got those... They, you know what you're good for. You got those Farmville notifications on Facebook? That was Mike Verdue. <laughs> Mike Verdue did that to you for years. He's going to do that to you on... And now he's at the gaming division of Netflix. Netflix. And guys, he cut his teeth. His first foray in the gaming industry was ruining Atari in the late 90s when they changed to Midway Games, and then he ruined that too. This guy is cancer. And Netflix is like, please... Come on board. Tell us how to do video games, Mike Verdue. You have such a great resume. We just look at the companies, not the trail of destruction you left in your fucking wake of like so many fan bases that just hate everything you did. That's going to be interesting. I, I am very much interested to see how this goes. Well, everyone has been saying, oh, who's going to be the Netflix of video games, right? Netflix. And it turns oh, out Netflix is like, games pass. guys, maybe we could be the Netflix. We could do of, that. That's, we're our Netflix. Can we be the Netflix of video games? And if someone tells them no, that'll be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, beyond my Verdue rant, they a couple of details have come out. Uh, they are planning to offer games um, within the next year. Yeah. So he's got a tall order. To get moving fast, because I'm like, what are you? What are we playing those on? Uh, uh, my 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 TV remote only has 
the wheel and then the one button. Is nah, that man. what I'm it's playing? It's going to be a Stadia competitor. Uh, yeah. you're, they're going to have a controller and you're just going to go straight to your whatever device. It'll Bluetooth over to your <laughs> smart TV or whatever. And then you'll uh, play from there. Well, here's where they win me over. And here's Ooh. where they set Mike Verdu up for success. Is that it will not charge. Netflix will not be charging extra for these games. Mm-hmm. So Mike Verdu has endless runway to do whatever the fuck he wants. Because no one's going to care because it's free. Wow. No one cares if Amazon Prime Video doesn't have a ton of content. Because it's free. Because that's not why you have Amazon Prime. Yeah. So they had they had a ton of runway with Prime Video to just like ramp up their their original content and then bring on other stuff because their video service did not have a great launch. But if it's free and you're offering it as a companion service already, like I don't know, it could interesting. Be good. So yeah, Netflix for games actually won me over at the very end. There, I was you like, know, wow. Epic is like, oh, another thing we can get Fortnite onto. Oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be Fortnite on Netflix. Absolutely. For sure, there's going to be a Fortnite series. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, little animated series where, like, at the end of every episode, <laughs> they just do stupid emotes. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Just for, like, half an hour. And all the kids watch it. Just, like, just children of the corn along. status. They just stand there and, like, dead, deadpan dancing along. And you're like, guys, aren't you tired? Quiet, father. Dancing. <laughs> dead, be quiet. Dad, I'm memorizing quiet. the moves. I'm dabbing, da-da. Like, all right to your kids Dada. <laughs> they don't but they will once they start doing this that's they will once my prediction Fortnite netflix vision uh so guys we've talked about this a little bit in our discord which if you guys didn't know we do have a three-bit gamer discord where all the best conversations happen uh steam has unveiled a new gaming handheld this is the uh, news of the week valve steam whatever you want to call it uh, they made the Switch Pro that everyone thought was going to come out. This is a called the Steam Deck, which, yep. Peterson, are you going to do your thing? Or nope. can we just skip that? Yeah, cool. skip it. Type. Thanks. Uh... <laughs> uh, Steam Deck is it's a 720p handheld uh, PC-based gaming device that runs Steam as its... Is it an operating system? Or are they uh, running on a Linux? I think it's a Linux platform. Yeah, um, I think so. And then, yeah, but the I mean, the selling point is, right, your Steam account yep. is going to be accessible on this with most of your games accessible on a handheld device. So this will be handheld only. I don't think you could, like, plug it in. No, you can. There's a switch. Oh, you can? The, you yeah. can. Yeah. Oh, there is a dock. Yeah. Yes. You guys talk about this. I'm an asshole. I guess do my research on this no so Tell I, us about the steam deck. i was it's looking just a steam at switch it. it's it's literally the same thing it has a dock but you can use it as a computer too is it called the steam deck dock um <laughs> it's called <laughs> no i wish it was no uh <laughs> um the biggest difference is that it's you you can't uh detach the controllers like which the is probably great because then they won't drift which is fine right i'm okay <laughs> with that uh joy cons are the worst thing that's ever happened joy to me um no so this has so yeah it has the two it has the two thumbsticks on each side it's got the axby buttons it's got two triggers and r1 r2 l1 l2 but then it has like do you see the triggers uh, like the other buttons underneath for like your 
all pinky. the placement is kind of weird, don't you think? All the like... button placement's weird because it has trackpads. That's that's what's messing, I think, the button placement up. Because below each thumbstick, it has a trackpad on each side. Well, which, for which those is... of you that love touch controls. Oh, gosh. Who likes that? Who are you? I'm trying to think of how you could play. Imagine. Can you imagine playing? Now, Peterson, I know you don't play this with chivalry with a controller, and I don't either. But can you imagine trying to play chivalry on this thing with the because the right joystick is right next to if you guys haven't seen this thing is right next to the buttons. They're they're yeah. like directly next to each other, whereas yeah. with like on an Xbox controller, uh, they're offset a little bit up to the right. Yeah. And on a PlayStation controller, I believe they are up and to the right as well. And so you can kind of but like right next it. I just don't think it's built for like a human being's hand. <laughs> It's not like, built for my thumbs, for yeah, sure. You see the video. There's a video on the website of a guy playing Factorio, and it mm-hmm. shows like a pretty good use case of how you would switch between the thumbsticks and the touchpads. It, okay, it's pretty interesting. I don't okay, know. I I will have to look that up. I'm intrigued. Um, I won't get. I mean, literally none of us regular folk listening to this podcast will be able to physically touch one of these. Uh, for two or three years until it's been cycled through, I don't know, 18 scalpers and made its way to you. Just <laughs> yeah. um, scalpers buying from other scalpers. From other scalpers. The, That's how it works. You have the chief scalper and then they all scalp down yeah. until yeah. they get to you. It's, it's like, like a like supply drugs. chain. but It's worse. like drugs. That's how drugs work, right? That's It's it's literally just exactly how drugs work. Um, um, so the base model is $400. So it's, it's pricey. And that's right? a 64 gig model and yeah, that's so that like you're not like getting the base models no and so then they have a 256 gig model for 530 and then a 512 gig model for 650 dollars so it's expensive guys this is like as much as an xbox or yeah. more yeah and so it's it's price you wanted the switch pro you got it and it costs what you did not want i mean it. i mean you kind of got it it's still 720p but... yeah that's true so I'm interested, you know, all the talk has been like, guys, why why is everyone excited about this? Steam has released hardware before and uh, multiple times. It's not it's not great, right? Their yeah. hardware is not the great. Steam controller, right? That was just those weird track pads in lieu of Joy-Con or joysticks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh they had the Steam Link, they had I don't Steam know. Box. Steam <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just I want them to get away from the name Steam. Cleveland like I Steamer. Get, <laughs> I think that was what it was called, the Cleveland Steam. The Cleveland uh, Steam. Steamy Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what all their products were like. Like they they could do lots of they could go lots of different ways, right? In terms of like stick with the Steam or Valve theme, but they just really love Steam, and I don't understand the wording of deck, like. When I think deck, I think of like a tape deck. Like Peterson, uh, I already told you why. We already figured this out. So they can call it the Steam Deck Doc. I I know you think that's a selling point. That's actually <laughs> it was, not, it's already sold me. That's not the compelling imagine? argument you think I it bet is. The instruction manual it refers to it as such. I bet their internal branding calls it the Steam Deck Doc. The Steam Deck Doc. The question is if they capitalize Doc. I don't know. Well, guy, well, Peterson, you you're wrong, dude, because apparently. What? I said, or if you need a dongle to plug in your peripherals so you can have the Steam Deck dock dongle. 
No, all guys. I've never loved you more than at this very moment. <laughs> the Steam Deck Dark Dongle? This sounds very phallic to me. <laughs> no way, Peterson. None of that's phallic. But you said that people aren't interested in this, but I, I begged different because eBay is already filled with Steam Deck scalpers. Oh, no, definitely people are interested. I'm saying I don't know why. I mean, I kind of get it, but I don't... It, Based off of Valve's history, I don't think it's going to be a the great product they want it to be. It doesn't matter because scalpers are selling the four hundred dollar base model at twenty two twenty five hundred dollars on eBay. And you say, no, hey, JD, that's JD, not real. They're not out. They're not out yet. How are scalpers selling these for twenty five hundred five more than five times the price <laughs> of the base model? God. Well, I will tell you, they are selling the pre registration. That they got on Steam. So people are going, pre-registering to buy this console. They are not registering to buy it. They are pre-registering so they can register to buy it later. And they are selling their pre-registrations on eBay. Dude, this is... We live in the worst version... It's so broken. Everything's so broken. ...of everything... They, dude, eBay is going to remove these, obviously, because they don't allow this. So they contacted Kotaku, reached out to eBay, and they're like, yeah, we're taking those down. But it doesn't matter because yep. all of those scalpers have already shown their hand. They're, it doesn't matter. You're not, oh, no, now I can't buy the scalped pre order. I'll have to buy the scalped console. And yeah, it's going to be a lot more than $2,500. So, guys, don't even worry about the Steam Deck Doc dongle because you're not going to get it. Actually, you might be able to get the dongle. Dude, that I'll get a dongle. You may Dude, be able to get I got a PlayStation controller long exactly. before the PlayStation. Exactly same thing. Yep. So you might be able to start at the dongle and build your way back up to the deck. <laughs> Dude, you can buy one small piece at a time and rebuild. You build it like a kit car. That's how you buy electronics in, in America in <laughs> 2021. That's how we have to do it you now. You fucking buy your Xbox One kit. <laughs> And you build it off like 80 YouTube videos. That's what we do now. Dude, this is um, steampunk at its finest. <laughs> continuing on with the handheld news, uh, Nintendo, you guys remember we talked about fig a little bit, how they released an OLED switch, which is basically nothing. Um, they have been accused of this being a cash grab because Bloomberg came out, did the math crunch, the numbers and said, hey, hey, your new switch, hey. your switch LED only costs $10 more to make, but you're... You're selling it for $50 more. Wait a second. Hey, so that's just a cash grab, right? So first of all, I'm like, hey, no, I don't think a $40 markup over the course of an entire global supply chain is that big of a markup. Sorry. (laughs) Did they expect it to be, yo, it costs you $10 more to make. So we want it for $10 more. We will pay $10 more more for that product and not a penny more. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And they're like, like, I hate capitalism, and I can I can say that's how it fucking that, works. That, yeah, if you're uh, going to be part of the system, acknowledge how it works. So no, it's not a cash grab. Which Nintendo was like, hey, that's not a cash grab. Um, but then they did the they then they, they did the thing they did they did it. the thing they shouldn't have done uh, in February. I, they, they they said they said there's no there's no future one on the way. We're okay. not going to make another switch. Okay, okay, guys. Well, I was like, hmm. Why, does, why am I getting deja vu? Is it A, I live in the fucking Matrix, or B, is it because in February, Nintendo CEO Shuntaro Furukawa told investors, quote, we do not have plans to announce a new model of the Switch. 
And then five months later, they announced a new model of the Switch. Yeah, I mean, look, it's Nintendo. Lie, guys, guys, just I you don't even have to say anything. I just know for a fact you're gonna do a new model. Just keep your lying mouth shut. You don't even have to say that. Just, just like just, we all just, know. Just be like kind of cute, keep your mouth shut, and just like kind of giggle and shake your head. That's all I want. If people are like, hey, is there a new Nintendo coming up? Like, no. Wow, Switch. Well, that sounds interesting. Well, that's a novel idea. We haven't thought of that. A new Switch? Well, right. that's, kind of, that's kind of an interesting idea. All right, next question. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. But don't flat out deny it, especially uh, if you know. We do not have plans Guys, for that means that they were like boxing them at that point if you if they are five months from the from the announcer yeah. like they're they're starting to put them in boxes and he lied to us in february so he said he says that the engineers are like should we should we stop i mean we've been working on these like no 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 keep going, Am keep I going. Fired? don't worry about it like, no, no, don't no, worry sh- about it keep going keep no this isn't about you <laughs> oh, oh, all right all right <laughs> okay that that and was he goes weird out, and then he goes out five months later and they're like he's like yeah no no, no we're not and the, those same engineers are like dude we totally are does he know yeah. Does he know about the new Switch? Are we a secret division? This is pretty cool. <laughs> I just think it's so tight. <laughs> All right, this next one, guys. Blursty alert. Do we have a Blursty alert soundbite or something? Ooh, we don't. Should I try to see if we can put one together? Yeah, I'll give you like 18 different versions right now. Blursty alert! Blursty alert! Blursty alert! Blursty alert! <laughs> Blursty alert! <laughs> There's a robot version. Blursty, Blursty, Blursty. Warning, Blursty Robinson. Warning, Blursty Robinson. I, I don't, what Robinson? Dude, it's lost in space. Oh. Okay. <laughs> this, that's the one. I guess. Do not cut this out. Don't cut a nope. lick of this nope. out. <laughs> Guys, uh, the Blursty nomination for Blurst name. Dude. Goes to the stream deck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, <clears throat> Elgato, the company, re- announced their new stream deck on the same day <laughs> that Valve unveiled the Steam Deck. We did not know the Steam Deck was coming, by the way. I'm pretty sure this was a complete out-of-the-blue surprise yes. announcement. So, <clears throat> how bad is your day if you work for Elgato and you're like, wow, I think that we're getting a lot of buzz on Twitter. Dude, but so much buzz. I think they're using the wrong hashtag. I think they fucking spelled it wrong. Stream Deck. They're calling it the Steam Deck. I think they might. Oh God! Hey, did like, you see? Hey, hey, wait. come check the news. Did you see this? Marketing guys are getting fired. <laughs> um, this is a device that is built. Elgato uh, builds devices for streamers. This one allows them to map really complex actions. Can you imagine just like a board with like a bunch of different buttons on it that allow you to? So you like want to click one button and have your volume as you're streaming set to a specific volume while like the lights dim. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you'd use this for, which is really cool to allow people to like switch from different settings. Um, so yeah, check out. Why are we so? Why are we so fixated on the word deck. deck? I'm I'm not. Hey, this is better. This is more <clears throat> fitting. This this makes sense. This stream deck is perfectly named. 
It's, this is the best named Blurst, Blurst name nomination we have ever had. Yeah, it's more about the timing of it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Outer Worlds the, the and the Outer real, Wilds. The real Blursty should go to Steam Deck because yeah, you're right. It still might. It's not a deck. It should be called the Steam Gear because then you could have leaned on the fact that it looks exactly like a Sega Game Gear. Yeah. Steam no. Gear would have that would have made sense. Steam Gear would have been sick. Mm-hmm. But no, we're going with Steam Deck, Stream Deck. Steam Deck, Stream, Stream Deck. So hashtag Stream Deck. Hashtag Stream Deck. Yeah, dude, guys. No, this is, <laughs> dude. What's gonna happen is your grandma is gonna get you a, a Stream Deck. <laughs> Do not ask for a Steam Deck for Christmas. You will not get one. Don't even bring it up you to grandma. Get a Stream Deck. She's gonna be like, I got this for seventy five dollars. Maybe this isn't all that bad though. Cheap. Maybe the Stream Deck's gonna just sell like crazy because of that. Dude, People are just going to be buying them all on accident. Oh my god, yeah, fuck your grandma. It's going to be the scalpers that are getting all the stream decks by accident. They're like, oh, yeah, man. I don't know. They're so easy to get. Dude, I got a shipment of like 200 stream decks. Or there's going to be like hard. listings for the stream deck on eBay with a picture of the steam deck. It's just going to oh be my scams. Oh, there you Ooh. go. Ugh. So get your stream decks now, folks, and, and start scamming pre- on eBay. Get that like pre-order in. God. Uh, this next thing is just a personal interest of JD's. Um, guys, there's this really cool service being run by the Video Game History Foundation that allows you to get a random old video game magazine for 15 bucks a month. Or you just get one, you just want a random one, it's just 20 bucks. You just they'll send you just a random magazine from like I don't know. Magazines are magazines. Each magazine purchase gets you one randomly selected magazine from our archives, ranging from around 1981 to 2010. Oh, man. Magazines are shipped in mylar bags and acid-free boards in a sturdy, flat mailer. Each issue also includes a certificate of authenticity. Yeah. Signed by VGHF co-directors Frank and Kelsey. Uh, it quote in an attempt to build a complete set of video game magazines in our research library, we've accumulated a few duplicates since these are no longer needed. We've dedicated, we've decided to deassess. What is that word? Deaccession? Deaccession? What is that word? I, JD I don't learned know, I it, saw a new it. word today that he could not say. <clears throat> he can't even read it. They're giving back their old issues that they've got duplicates of. They're selling them out. Um, there's like, they have a Nintendo power number one. They're like, yeah, they'll, they'll go in there too. We'll be sending them all out. Uh, I signed up for this. You did. I was going to oh, say, yeah. this looks really oh, interesting. Right up my alley. I signed up for the subscription. So it goes from 20 to 15 and they just send you a random one every month. I was like kind of doing the, when I first heard about it, I was like, that's kind of interesting, but like kind of, I'll just have junk accumulate. Like the magazines will just junk up. But I was like, dude, I would. I would pay $15 to read an old, to sit in my, like, like on my, in my gaming chair and read an old, like, PC gamer magazine from, like, the 90s. That would blow my mind. And this is, this is actually, like, like, if you're trying to think of an interesting way to decorate your gaming room or your something like that, this is an awesome way to do it. You can choose, you can choose a magazine from the 2000s you can choose 80s to 90s mm-hmm. so like it lets you choose on their website i'm really into this yeah yeah i mean everyone like this is such a, so 
it was a cool service, but the reason it hooked me is because I was like, this is something that needs to be done. And the fact that there is a video game history foundation, and if you go on the website, they have a board, they have like five or six employees, like this is a legit operation. And I want them to keep doing what they're doing. You guys know how important video his- video game history and preservation is to me. Um, so this is kind of a cool way to support that with your dollars. And these are, you know, these are going to be really well preserved. These aren't going to be like some junky magazine you found under your bed in your childhood bedroom. And you're like, oh, this is like small. No, these are going to be like really nice. Yeah. I'm formerly mu- museum copies of magazines. I don't know. I'm really excited. So uh, I might do the one-time purchase just to see what I get. Yeah. So you can go to, I, I can't tell you the link because it's the dash video, video dash game dash history dash <laughs> foundation. Like dot, it's, my Shopify dot. Yeah. It's, no, uh, um, I will just drop this link in our discord right now. Um, and you guys can check it out there. Uh, because, and if you can't find our Discord, then go to our Twitter. If you can't find our Twitter, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Um, so yeah, check them out. That if you the... do get it, I, go to our Discord and post what you Please. got. Like, I'm super interested. This sounds so cool. Yeah, so I just shared that in our Discord. You can go check out the link there. Um, okay, and then let's see. We've just got a couple more. Phil Spencer, guys, Phil Spencer, the uh, Xbox, Xbox chief, uh, has complimented the dual the uh, PlayStation Five DualSense controller and suggested that Xbox could update their controller. If you guys remember, uh, Xbox did not update their controller at all from this console generation, uh, from the Xbox One to the Xbox Series X, which is a similar stunt that uh, PlayStation pulled when they went from the PlayStation 2 to the PlayStation 3. And um, they updated it with the 4. Microsoft decided they were going to skip it this generation and focused on nothing else. Yeah. At least PlayStation's doing like... the PlayStation's got the VR. They've got the controller that's so cool. So I'm. it's, it's good to see uh, that they're acknowledging it. This was talking on the Kind of Funny Games cast. Spencer said, quote, We're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that can bring more games to more places. There's probably some work that we'll do on the controller. I think Sony's done a nice job with their controller, and we kind of look at some of that and think there are some things that we should go do. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I... He just I feels think, called out. I think PlayStation does do very well with their controllers. PlayStation their hardware. controllers are they're just really nice to have, nice to use. They feel good, they feel sturdy. They have speakers in them. They're yeah, when I use them cuz I I was not a PlayStation gamer and when mm-hmm. I used the PlayStation controller I'm always like, "Dad, the lights changing colors?" Oh, like man. what is happening? Yeah. Um it's all it always floors me, but I one wait, can I just say one aside that it was like so such a cool example? Fallout Four, whenever you open your Pip Boy, the controller lights up with the color of your Pip Boy. If you yep. have a blue one or a green one or something, mm-hmm. just tiny little cool things that the controller does to add immersion. Yep. Yep. Really I, I do like, and I I consistent Microsoft does this consistently. Consistently, Phil Spencer does. They are not afraid to give kudos to yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. They're like, hey, PlayStation's doing a great job. I feel like I would never hear PlayStation say that. 
PlayStation would never be like, man, Microsoft is, they really did a great yeah, job. Yeah, Microsoft is like the confident older brother that's like really happy and content in their life. And they know Sony what doing. is like the tryhard little brother that's yeah. always like, no, fuck you. I'm doing a better job than you. You don't get to pat me on the head. Yeah. It's my shit. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're doing a really good job there, bro. He's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Uh, yes, PlayStation is that kid who teabags you in yeah. every video game you yeah, play. Yeah, you're like, grow up, PlayStation. Like, Why are you doing you're that? being an asshole. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, well, hopefully we'll see a new PlayStation controller soon. Um, Xbox. And then this one. You guys know I love following how many different game studios that Tencent owns well. It's a long list. Hard to Add another up. one to their stable. Tencent is set to buy Sumo Digital, a UK studio, for $1.27 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, they previously had a 8.75% stake in the company. So let this be a warning sign to any beloved studios of yours that are partially owned by Tencent. Those stakes are they not... They want the whole thing. <laughs> That's a flag in the ground. And they're gonna come. They're gonna come take over the whole thing in a minute. They just um, want to be in on the meetings, right? And now that they're in, they're like, now, yep. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, they're now. sitting in the meetings, and now they've got the inside line. Yeah. Um, Tencent has increased the pace of their investment and M and A, that is mergers and acquisitions, activity over the past year, having invested in or acquired more than sixty-two game companies. Oh my goodness! In two thousand and twenty-one alone, guys, they're just they're winning. I don't know what uh, they're winning, but they're winning. They're playing, yeah, whatever game they're playing, we no one else is playing, but they are destroyed. Well, I would say Microsoft is playing as well, um, but Microsoft is not using their acquisitions to fund concentration camps. So, um, yeah. Okay, so the last thing, my favorite thing you guys know is my, my JD sales report. I oh. do this all the time. Peterson's so aware of how often I do it. Yeah, didn't you have like some bit you tried to sound bit you tried to do for this or something? GD sales report. What do you mean bit? You have you we do it all the time. Do you not oh. have a clip for this? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't. We oh yeah, we <laughs> we do this all always the time. Always. Uh so the uh NPD I guess releases the top 10 video best selling video games each month. So we're going to be doing those once a month because that's tight. Uh, June 2021. Peterson, you want all 10? No, they're not interesting. Nope. Top three. There's only three that are. Top three are interesting. Uh, top uh, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart, is just out this month. And they're number one. Number one. June. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, number two. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush is number three. And then MLB The Show is sitting at number four. Uh, to date, the year to date, though, this one's kind of interesting. Number one is Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, Cold War. Well, that's then... super interesting. It went from last month, it was ranked number four, and it went up. Now it's two. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Probably DLC. I think they're selling a lot. The know. sales are really interesting. Yeah, because Resident Evil Village is the second best selling game of the whole year. Um, and it was number one last month, but now it's all the way dropped to number six, which means last month they must have sold that game so many, so much for Dude. it to jump up to the number two slot of the whole year in a yeah. month. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, kind of interesting to see what's really popular, what's selling a lot. Um, and I love that I will... Minecraft is on the list. Minecraft like, it's is just always there. on. It's how just... is it? Sell... How does not everyone own it? <laughs> Who's still buying? Who's Minecraft? buying Minecraft in such great quantities? <laughs> I don't know. 
Dude, it just sits there. It was summer. Yeah, dude. I don't. Minecraft was, is like dude, a silent it, cash cow. It moved cow. up in rank yeah. two for June. It yeah. was ten last. Yes, month. number it ten last up. month, and now it's eight. Dude. I don't know. I don't understand anything. Um, but yeah, we'll keep doing this because this is kind of fun to just keep an eye on, like what's selling and what's popular. Uh, all right, let's do some kudos. 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 All right, kudos is our positivity segment. And I have a major kudos, you guys. Okay. I watched this movie on Netflix, this old movie from 2009 called Whip It. Have Whip you it. guys ever heard of this film? Heard of it. I've never watched it. Is I have that not the roller derby it. one or whatever? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, see, Peterson, you kind of like, okay, so it has Elliot Page, uh, Kristen Wiig, Jimmy Fallon plays this piece of shit guy. Hilarious. It's directed. Oh, it's got Drew Barrymore in it. It's her directorial debut which is okay. she's awesome you're like wow drew barrycore can direct the shit out of a movie owen wolf luke and owen wilson's older brother i don't know his name he's just a wilson maybe just Andrew, one of those wilson guys Fred. i don't know he's got a name uh and then marv from home alone guys the cast is amazing and uh so yeah like trent mentioned it's a roller derby movie it's about a high school girl who does beauty pageants for her mom but then she falls in love with roller roller derby and joins a league without telling her parents and uh yeah exactly it's super funny it's just enjoyable feel-good movie never gets like too heavy or weird the stakes are like not so high you're like it's fucking roller derby and she's not playing for like her mom's cancer medicine or something so it's like yeah i'm just having a good time there's some like cry worthy moments it's just a really good movie uh it's it's just like i don't know what to watch tonight watch whip it it's on netflix watch just whip watch it. it you can and see a, jimmy I mean, fallon as hot tub johnny rocket hot tub johnny rock dude jimmy fallon's character alone is worth watching this film <laughs> He's like he he goes to like a party an after party with the roller derby girls and he's hitting on him and they just treat him like he they treat him exactly like like Jimmy Fallon deserves to be treated and it's Aww. wonderful. It's I I'm looking through the cast list and looking at their names, mm-hmm. guys. The names of the characters alone is just fantastic. read some of them. This is this okay. is part and parcel of <laughs> roller derby. Like Absolutely. I learned so much of roller derby culture. Yes. They have these like crazy ass names. Uh, Maggie Mayhem, right? These are the normal ones. Bloody Holly, Rosa Sparks, <laughs> Razor. And then you start getting into uh, Jabba the Slut. <laughs> Wanna Beaten. Uh, Cami Kazi. Dude, this and this, that is roller derby right there. My sister-in-law did roller derby for a long time. No way. Yes. Like one of Kelsey's sisters? <clears throat> no, no. My brother's wife. Oh, Okay. And uh, she did it for a long time. I think it was her nickname was Lil Whip Her Snap Her. She's real <laughs> tiny. Like this is roller derby, you guys. Lil Whip Her Snap Her. That is yeah. awesome. Did she? She's just too old, or or she I, yeah. Just like... I mean, I yeah. I think she's. I think she still dabbles in it every now and then. But I think where she does she? Stopped. Where does she do it? <clears throat> they live in. They live in Tucson. <sighs> No, I'm like, so, is there roller derby here in Utah? Because I want to watch I'm sure there that. is. I'm oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm positive. I know there is because she's come to Utah before to do uh, derby matches, bouts. I don't know. I can't understand the game. Dude, like, there is a league, sense. and it has a Wikipedia page. Yeah, no, that's a thing. Yes. 
Okay, I just became a Wasatch Roller Derby. <laughs> oh my gosh, you gotta fan. pick your team. I gotta go pick a team. <laughs> and a favorite derbier. <gasps> Charm City called. Roller Girls. Yeah. Uh, so shit, Whip this it. is so cool. Whip it is JD's it. new top twenty five movie. Oh man. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, uh, does anyone else have any kudos? Yes, I have a kudos that is uh, maybe a, a month delinquent, uh, but I just finished Loki, the TV Ooh, series on Disney Plus. And look, guys, if you're on the fence about this, because I was, I was like, nah, I'm not that excited to watch Loki. Loki's a great character, but <clears throat> I don't want to watch a show about him. Nope. You need to watch this. It is oh gosh it's delightful it's funny it is uh the action in it is good but it's not like an actiony action series like tiny spoiler he ends up at like a bureau of time management like it's it's wild you have to watch it's it it's so wonderful <laughs> oh oh gosh and you and you run into like a dozen different versions of Loki. All of them are fantastic guys. They're all good. Every single one of them is so good. And wow, this show absolutely uh, exceeded all of my expectations. I am a major fan of what they did with Loki. They're just, man, with these TV shows, I wasn't sure how they were going to go, but they are firing on all cylinders, uh, Disney and the MCU. So They've done such a good job, and and spoiler alert, not much of a spoiler because there's already Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The title has already mm-hmm. kind of spoiled that there's going to be a multiverse. And I think anyone that could read the writing on the wall after the uh, first three stages of the MCU was that a multiverse was necessary and yeah. a lot easier because managing this whole universe was really difficult and they just had a handful of characters and now they're introducing so many more that just introducing the concept of a multiverse. However, how do you do that? What an incredible thing. And just like in X-Men Days of Future Past where you're like, how do you retcon a whole movie universe? Well, this was the question of Loki is how do you create a multiverse from... And they do it. And they do it in in a brilliant way where you're like, Oh yeah! Damn! Yeah. Okay. Like that as works. a comic book reader, you're like, "Woohoo! Yep. Way to go! That's awesome!" Oh, so yeah, Loki is just—it's so Dude, good. And that's what I've guys. loved it about so all of these Disney Plus series is I don't think I've been really all that excited for any of them. So every single one of them has just super caught like me a off guard. Surprise! Yeah. Yeah. I'm—I am with you 100. percent I was not—I was like WandaVision. That sounds so dumb. Loved it. And yep. then I was like, Captain, what was it Falcon and the Winter mm-hmm. Soldier? I was like, those are not my Came favorite out of nowhere. characters. In fact, I actively disliked the Falcon guy. I just, he's one of those guys. I just don't like his face. Um, <laughs> I just don't like your face. I don't know what it is. Just something about it. I just don't like it. Um, but guess what? That show was so good. It was fantastic. And now this one, again, I was like, Loki, oh man, can he hold the whole show? Yes, he can. It was wonderful. So they're killing it. They've done, I don't know. They've just done such a good job. Uh, okay, Trent, do you have any kudos or do you want to move on? Move on. Okay, let's do some Fudio games. Yeah. We bit. 
booty again. We got that cereal fame, cause you saying our names. We in the studio playing some foodio games. Uh, that's right, it's foodio games. Yeah, we playing foodio games. All right, Foodio Games is this segment where we like to squish together our two favorite things, which is food and video games. Uh, this week, because Trent and I have both been on a quest to recover something for someone that's very near and dear to me, 12-year-old Jonathan. <laughs> uh, 12-year-old JD was obsessed with Pepsi Blue, and now Trent and I are on a statewide quest to... Uh, hoard all Buy of the all Pepsi of Blue and uh, <laughs> feed it to myself so I can think about 12-year-old Jonathan and pour one out for him. Um, <laughs> so on my mind, this is where this question came from. All right, I want you guys to think of a beloved junk or fast food item of yours that was discontinued. Okay. What is the video game version of that? I, I can I, jump you in go if first? you want me to. Yeah, go first. Yes, yeah, so a I would say beloved. This is a recently beloved one. Is it gonna be the and same? I know as you mine? liked it as well. It was the Reaper Ranch. Okay. Taco. Oh shit! It was so. I good. thought we put a moratorium on you bringing that up on this podcast. <laughs> I had you look. In you front did of me? this. You said discontinued fast food you item that Reaper you loved. Reaper Ranch. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> you did it! You did you it! Did it! <laughs> <laughs> it's so guys it's if you so did not good. have a chance to get the reaper ranch taco i got it one time before they were sold out thinking about it no it was i got they had three different tacos specialty tacos at the time i got them all the second time i went reaper ranch was out and reaper ranch was the best one it was so good it was at taco bell they just it was like a spicy ranch taco I don't know, Dude, but it, it was, was so amazing. It was so good. It's so like, good. It's like the food scientist manager was walking through all the different food chemists at Taco Bell. He and he's like, he's like, what's this sauce? They're like, oh, this one's really good. It's Reaper Ranch. And he tasted it. He's like, this is the best sauce you've ever made. And they're like, really? He's like, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna make this nationwide. Quick, make ten gallons of this. Take ten gallons. And they're like, just ten That's, gallons. He's like, that sounds like a lot, is right? A lot, right. <laughs> Uh, okay, fifty nope. gallons it was not know. enough. We um, ate it all, buddy. Immediately, it was gone immediately. Um, and so, this to me, since it came and went real fast, I was all excited about it, and then it was gone. This was StarCraft Ghost. Oh, when Blizzard, uh, Blizzard was working on a shooter game based on the StarCraft universe called Ghost. Right. Uh, which is, uh, you know, a type of character they introduced in StarCraft. They're like, you know, uh, spies, essentially sniper spies going visible and, and stuff. Yeah. And so you're like, dude, this is this could be a great game, a great universe to play it in. It was something we were all excited for, like the Reaper Ranch taco. We had just enough time to hear about it. Go to Taco Bell. They were out and then you never got it. And that's. Uh, Starcraft goes to me. We heard about it. They were working on it. We were all excited. Then they canceled. We never got to play it. We never got to see it. It was just a. It was a dream. It was a sad, beautiful dream, like the Reaper Ranch taco. <laughs> at least with Reaper Ranch, there's like some vague hope that at some point it could come back for like one glorious day. If they do, I swear to you, I'm going to be like waiting in line. You're going to be like me like, with the Pepsi Blue, man. You're gonna be clearing going out around to all the Taco, Taco Bells. Bells. Yes. Can I just get Reaper Ranch tacos, all of them, 
hold the taco. I just can I just squeeze sauce. the sauce into a bag for me, please. God. <laughs> like people were doing with gasoline with the <laughs> yeah. gasoline shortage. <laughs> just put it in a plastic bag. Gas tanks full ripping of as ranch. I walk out. Pours it through the <laughs> nozzle onto his food. Yeah, dude, I would be that guy. With a garbage, with a trash bag full of Reaser Ranch in my trunk while people are filming me. And I'm like, don't film me. Don't even look at me. <laughs> They're like, there's not a shortage. This is a permanent menu item. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you I'll just sure. wait. He'll <laughs> never know. Uh, so here's one that uh, is close. And it's kind of uh, like Peterson's um, Doritos 3D. You guys remember they brought those back. They brought him back. JD talked about him for 20 years and they brought him back. Uh, they brought him back wrong. They came back. They did not bad. do it right. They came out with spicy ranch and like, no, uh, like a, like a beefy taco flavor. Oh, no. Yeah. Instead of the two what, worst. I know they were cooler ranch. I like you could go spicy nacho, but yeah, spicy the, ranch. No. no. Mm-mm, I don't want that. Not on a chip. I want that in my taco. Regular Try to ranch. keep up people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they you're not back- taco bell you can't pull off the spicy ranch you need to stay in your lane doritos like but taco bell like, sells we, our stuff like we are in that lane that's our lane we own taco bell no i don't know it just didn't work they fucked up 3d doritos they brought them back they brought them back bad it's warcraft 3 reforged <laughs> like everyone is like oh my god you guys are you guys are redoing warcraft 3 hell yeah oh we dude love that was warcraft i remember 3. that i loved it are you gonna do it exactly like it's before like, no it's gonna be better and we're like oh okay well i guess i mean i didn't really I want just... it better i actually wanted the exact same thing but i'll give you a chance and they're like okay how, maybe like you change think? the bag or something yeah i'm like oh you're gonna update the the branding and they're like mm, you'll well, see well so yeah, that that the That's thing is one. now, just like with 3D Doritos, the only way to get what you want is illicitly. I have to get my 3D Doritos from across the border, and you have to get Warcraft three uh, on the high seas. Mm. You have yep. to pirate it. So uh, Warcraft three. Warcraft. Trent, what is your what is your discontinue? I got to. Oh, I love that we all went the Blizzard route here. So. <laughs> Just been mine's mine, mine are not blizzards. mine's a combination of foods for this one my oh my go-to meal every single t- since we first got married every single night annie was gone my go-to meal was an entire box of uh hot and spicy grooves and lean pockets <laughs> that's not a meal <laughs> and I see where you're yeah, at. I got a standard. Over the course <laughs> of the pandemic, both of those things were just quietly discontinued. They didn't say anything. They didn't make any announcements. Uh, they just, they just stopped. stopped. You mm. can still get Hot Pockets. You can't get Lean Pockets. You can still get Grooves, but only the shitty flavors. Wait, they don't make Lean no, Pockets they're gone. anymore? They just stopped. Dude, America is Dude, fucked. that food shortage. So that fucked. Right at the beginning. Remember when everyone was hoarding food at the grocery stores? And I went to get Lean Pockets, and they were gone. And I'm like, huh, well... I guess I'll get them when they come back. And they never came back. They never came back. I never got a final bite. They just left. Lean Pockets was that thin strand. Dude. Holding this country together from a full-blown obesity epidemic. And that's it. Lean Pockets are gone. We are done. Dude, I love that, Trent. This, This analogy to me is like 
You know when people post on their, online, they're like, there was a last time when you played outside with your friends and you didn't realize it? Trent didn't realize that his last lean Dude, pocket was his last be, lean pocket. Because I had it I had it calculated out perfectly. It was like my – it doesn't sound like it, I know. But it was like my diet meal because it was like <laughs> – it was like perfect. It was like 1900 calories and it was two lean pockets and a, and a box of grooves. So that was like my go-to like comfort. I could always go back to it. It was always there for me. That was hots no. and hots. It a- still exists. I know it still exists, but in such a shitty form now, it's not, it's the, not same. the same game. It's not what you they got rid of the competitive scene. It was the only competitive game I really ever got into. Oh my gosh. Trent, you have the worst diet of anyone I, just, I know. We need to get, love we need so to get obituary for Trent together just fucking in case for the podcast. <sighs> I love it so much. That is a, that's a great analogy too. We're all on Blizzard. I got I got another one. Let's see. Um I'm trying to think of one that I haven't come up with yet. Okay, so this is an a different one. I just put Olive Garden, and here's why. I worked at Olive Garden for like four years, five years, or something, for like ever. Um, and there was a few menu items that were tolerable. Other than that, Olive Garden is garbage. Yeah, all uh, garbage. But there were some things in it that I loved. And so once I stopped working there, I was like, I'm never eating at this place again. But every now and then, for whatever reason, we end up at an Olive Garden we end up at the OG lounge, and uh, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get my go-to menu items. Guys, they're all gone. Everything I liked about Olive Garden legit is gone now. They don't have a single menu item that I would ever eat when I worked there. Can I still get breadsticks and dunk them in Alfredo? <laughs> I was going to say a yes. boat of Alfredo. Yes, but that's <laughs> a boat. A Alfredo boat. That's what boat it's called. Sauce. You can. You can, but you guys don't understand. Not only did I eat 100,000 breadsticks, I made 100,000 breadsticks. Like, that is not a draw for me. Could you make a breadstick still today? Oh, they, they come, they come they like... they their special <laughs> packs? No, no, no. They come, like, mostly cooked. You just put them in the oven. You paint that's margarine on with a paintbrush. It's not even, like, a special thing. It is a paintbrush. It's not even, like, one of those and rubber you, ones? No, no, it's just it's a like regular out of the Home paintbrush. Depot rack. I'm not even kidding. You just paint it on and then sprinkle it with garlic salt stuff. Anyways, but every single thing is gone. And that for me is League of Legends. There was a point when I was like, I liked League of Legends, right? When I worked at Olive Garden, there were things that I legitimately liked there. Uh, but there is nothing now. I, I can't. I hate League of Legends at this point. I never want to go back. Every now and then I think about some characters fondly like, ah, oh, man, that guy was fun to play. But guess what? It's not fun anymore. And that's Olive Garden. He's just painted on margarine. That's I, all he, That's I, all Fiddlesticks is. Fiddlesticks is just painted margarine. <laughs> I, I, every now and then think about Olive Garden and I'm like, oh, man, I remember the braised beef and tortellini. That was actually really good. Gone. All of it's gone. It's all garbage. It is. I'll never step foot in Olive Garden again. Just like I'm never going to boot up League of Legends ever again. Every single thing on the menu looks the same. Oh, it's all the same. It just looks like a big pile. Like, it's it's a five-cheese pile all you can get unlimited salad and breadsticks. All pile. No, everything on the menu now, and I'm not exaggerating. Everything is Alfredo sauce, uh-huh. marinara, or uh-huh. meat sauce, or a mix of those. 
There is Dude, nothing else. They found they found their target. They have narrowed in their target demo yep. right down. Yep. Laser targeted. Uh I have you, you guys did you guys ever try Pepsi Twist? Is that the lime, the lemon, lemon, lime one? In it and stuff? That's the lemon one. Yeah. Yeah. Pepsi Twist had this lemon flavor. It was a lemon te- Pepsi and a lime Pepsi. They had both. It was so novel at the time to have flavored sodas at all. Um, none of this like t- three Mountain Dew flavors mixed together. Just, just like, they're doing. They're just doing the what is it called when you just do the all suicide? The yeah, the Mountain Dew is literally suiciding and bottling it. It's so great. Yeah, that's yeah, just what they're doing. But back back in the day, this was pretty pretty new. Um, and I didn't really care for the lime one. It was okay, but the lemon one just hit for me. I don't know what it was. And it was some like very specific type of like fake, you know, when you like can, can hone in on the type of fake flavoring for each thing. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, that I recognize that cherry flavoring. Cause I had it in like this fruit snack yeah. and this soda and syrup. that icy. Yeah. And that cough syrup. Well, <laughs> this lemon, I just haven't had anywhere else. The closest I can get is the lemon propel. But it's just this okay. like very distinct lemon flavoring that they had in the Pepsi, and it was really good, and I loved it. I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna have it again. This isn't Pepsi Blue. They're never gonna bring back Pepsi Twist. Why would they? It's just a little lemon flavoring in Pepsi that is not going to sell a single Pepsi. Uh, they had Britney Spears selling it before. That is not gonna happen this time. And uh, so for me, that is Return of the Obra Din. Mm. For it, it was just this wonderful taste, this wonderful thing that I got this one time at this one point in my life. I'm never going to have it again. I've thought I went did that same dumb thing that everyone who's ever played and beaten over Din does, which is going Google. Is there any other game out there like this? No, this There's game not. was had such a new, unique avant-garde vision that you will never see a game like it again. If you do, it will be a very sad imitation. It won't be the same. It won't have the same heart and spirit that this game had. It's almost hard to describe not just the art style of the game, but the whole way that the game unfolds. It's just, you know, when you see a movie, read a book or play a game where you're like, whoever made this, their brain is wired so wholly different. (laughs) There's... So much better than me. They're so much better than me. Like as a creator, as a person, like the the idea, the connections that are being made in their brain are just like unfathomable to me. And that was uh, Oberdin. I guess Pepsi Twist isn't that wasn't that good, but it was pretty darn good. I liked that lemon. Flavor. But it's one of those things that you uh, you haven't had since, and I won't. Right. Yeah, and I won't. So it's just like I kind of look back and I'm like, yeah. That was that dope thing I had. It's one of the very few discontinued food items that I liked that I'm like, oh, I'm okay with them not coming back. Yeah. There's so many ones that I'd put above Pepsi Twist. Um, how about you guys? Any more? I got one more. Um, yeah. So one of the most <clears throat> like divisive candy flavors or sweet flavors for me is peanut butter and chocolate together. Like, okay. I feel like right. I feel like no one really ever nails the perfect ratio. And I feel like only one candy has ever nailed the perfect ratio. And that is the Butterfinger oh. BB. Dude, I was just going to ask you, it was the Butterfinger BB? And that to me BBs, is one of my favorite video game genres, the MMO. Only one MMO ever nailed it perfectly, and I can never play it again. And it's Peterson's favorite game, 
wild no. star. What? <laughs> he just said Butterfinger BBs are wild but, star. They are. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect everything. I don't have a single complaint about the game. The combat was perfect. Oh, shit. Ooh. My dumps look like Butterfinger BBs, and that's like Wildstar. It's like a huge dump. Whatever, Olive Garden. Your choice wasn't even discontinued. <laughs> <That's>, no, <laughs> it just sucks. <laughs> oh, man. Wildstar. Dude, I can't believe that hit for you. So, it hits it was so, so hard for me. me. And I, I can't play it at all. It's in, gone. Yeah, it's gone. Oh, man. So good. I love that. It, it got Thanos snapped. <sighs> It disgusts me that they have not even attempted to bring back Butterfinger BBs. No, that is such and, an and easy I found this to me. website where you can kind of find like discontinued candies. Like I, I've been looking for Skittles Orchards, and I want to try to order some. Uh, Trent, that's my next one. Put another for you. <laughs> so They're good. so good, dude. I'll agree though. Butterfinger BBs is wild that it doesn't exist again because there have been so many other foods that have done the little like. Yes. round bb version bunch of crunch like there's so many and you're like why why is it what they already had it i don't understand why it got discontinued in the first place mm-hmm. i remember eating them they're so good like th- yeah i don't know so it's, jd it's, do orchards okay so skittles orchards you guys were skittles that were i think trying to help me out like cherry peach apple yeah, maybe orchard flavors orchard flavors but it wasn't green apple good. it was orchard apple yeah. Um Yeah, it was different. It was different than the apple Skittles. And they were they were the bag was green and they were so good. Okay, cherry or cherry orange, red apple, lime and peach. Red apple, that was it. Yeah. Honestly, I can kind of see why they haven't brought these back. They're so close to the normal ones. Yeah, dude, but that apple the normal is ones are cherry such a orange, apple or cherry orange, apple and lemon and strawberry <laughs> yeah, but, peach. but they were all different they yeah. were all completely different though they were it was a different cherry a different orange and as trent said that apple was the best apple skittle they've ever made so um for me skittles orchard or assassin's creed black flag mm. it was yeah. they did something so assassin's creed black flag i believe came out after assassin's creed 2 and all those other ones that were associated with 2 and it was the first one that was like outside the main series. And it was the pirate one where you played as a pirate. You could uh, drive a pirate ship and steal pirate ships and uh, attack a port with your cannons and then disable its guns and then go storm the port and very assassin y. Oh, it was so badass. It was so good. They had something so great, just like they did with Skittles Orchards. And then they just kept plowing forward and left it in the dust. Mm-hmm. It's like they forgot. What they had back there. And they've never gone back to that well that was Assassin's Creed Black Flag. They kind of dabbled in it a little bit with the one that was set during the American Revolution. You did a little bit of boating, um, but it definitely wasn't the not same the as same. being in the Caribbean. You're not a pirate. Uh, there was just something that just scratched a really good itch uh, with Black Flag. They never went back. It's orchards. You guys have seen how many Skittles flavors they've, they've rolled out. And guess what? They're all still available. Dark Side, Bright Side. All these other, um, what other other ones that they've had? Smoothies. They, smoothies. Mm. They keep them on the shelves and they don't discontinue them. They'll come back. They'll go away. They have the, the summer's summer mix or whatever. But for some reason, dude, orchards is just like, they won't touch them. 
They're never going to bring him back. And that's what they're doing with a black flag. Like, I'm never going to get another pirate Assassin's Creed. It just makes me sad. Um, Peterson, do you have any more? Last one. And this is more along the lines of foods that I miss. I mentioned this a tiny bit in the pre-show, in the pre-sode. It is, I have a favorite pizza place up here called Lucky Slice. It still exists, but every month they do a new specialty pizza. It's really random. One month they did a banh mi pizza, which is, if you're unfamiliar, banh mi is a Vietnamese sandwich. It's it's, uh, pulled pork, and then it's got, um, it's got onion and uh, jalapeno. Daikon and and carrots. Yep. And cilantro. It's a veggie mix. Fantastic and sandwich. Uh, you can get, they're very common, but uh, they did this banh mi pizza. And I kid you not, every bite that I took of it, I was like, wow, this is so good. Every single bite. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And since then, that was probably three years ago. Since then, I'm always like, oh man, they got to give me this. They got to do another banh mi monthly. And they post on Facebook every month what their mm-hmm. new monthly is. And they're good, right? They're good pizzas. It's always Do it's you always bug great. them? Yes. I heard that your them opinion on Facebook. You probably heard. just one of the like, only people that bought it. No, oh. I no, I've seen other people say this too. Like, this one was good, but bring back the Bon Me one. It was so good. It really was that good. This to me is Knights of the Old Republic. They just had it. They did one, they did two, yeah, and they were like, and they just we were like, this is fantastic. And then they just have not done it since they tried the Old Republic, right, which was just not the same. So they, they're they like the pizza place. They keep doing different things. But You're like, nice. Look, but... I don't want that. Give yeah. me Knights of the Old Republic. It can be the gameplay can be exactly the same. Just give me the different story. I want it in a different, you know, just do it again. Give me KOTOR 3. Give me Banh Mi Pizza. Just give it to me. Part 2. That's all I want. And they're never going to do it. I don't think they'll ever do it again. And it makes There's got to be a so reason. Sad. I wonder what the reason is. They and never this... repeat the monthlies. Oh, That's they've why. never done the same one twice. I haven't seen the same one twice in the like three or four years I've been that's, going there. And I go every choice. month. And I want it. Some of them are so good. And I want it. And I just haven't gotten it. They don't even At have to this try. point. I think you need to escalate to death threats, right? That's the next thing you do on Facebook. I think Facebook. we should just try to make it. Let's make a banh mi pizza. That's oh, probably a good man. idea. I should go back and look it up. Like, what exactly? When, when we do our, it, we when we do do our first in-person cast again, we'll, we'll make a banh mi pizza to celebrate. We'll work on some banh mi pizza. Yeah. You have to scroll through three years' worth of Facebook posts. So That's enjoy fine. that afternoon. Whatever, dude, I'll find Will you this. please send me that picture though? Because I gotta see this thing. Yes. I remember you talking yes. about it. You've been talking about it for years. I'm not realize... kidding, guys. It was that good. I can't yeah, stop thinking you... about it. And I'll shut out of it again. So you had it the day of. It was in April. <laughs> I found it. What? Will you send me a picture? Yeah. I must have. This it was pizza. legit so good, you guys. <sighs> that sounds. So just... I'll never get it again. Just like I'll never get another real Kotor game. I will never get orchards back oh my god look at this thing yeah we can make this this is not outside soy ginger sauce mozzarella ginger pork bell pepper jalapeno daikon Ooh, yeah this sounds great it looks good oh shit that sauce that's what you gotta nail peterson that's That's why you liked every bite is because they hit the sauce just right it was perfect it really was (sighs) fuck me (laughs) 
Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's what we'll be doing is eating pizza on air next time. You guys are going to love that. Uh, all right. Let's do Dice of Destiny. Dice, dice, dice of Destiny. All right. Dice of Destiny is this awesome game we play. We roll to see who will be responsible for rolling the Dice of Destiny, which is a 20 sided dice with 20 different game genres assigned to it. That person then uh, rolls another six-sided dice to see how much they can spend. Then they find a game in that genre for that price. Pick it, play it, review it. Peterson recently reviewed a, uh, was it a RPG? It was strategy. Strategy. Was the genre that I rolled, um, which is a wide genre, a wide tag, I would say. <clears throat> so I picked a game called... The game itself is actually called Atom, A-T-O-M, Atom RPG. Uh, when you search for it, and this, we mentioned this before, when you search for it in Steam, it's called Atom RPG colon post-apocalyptic indie game. <laughs> Blur's nomination, Blur's it's name. So right bad. Uh, it's so weird that they named it that, but... Adam RPG. This was made uh, by a company called Adam Team. So this was like their game, right? Um, let's see. When was this released? Uh, this game was released in 2018. <clears throat> so it's been out for a couple years. But it is uh, it is essentially Fallout 1 and 2 um, in Russia. It's the okay. same type of game. It's isometric, top-down, RPG. Um, you go around and the combat ends up being turn-based once you get into the combat. Lots of dialogue. You've got a skill tree. Lots of skills to develop. You develop the skills as you level up instead of as you do them, as we got in some of the later, uh, in the some of the later Bethesda games. But it is Fallout. It is. I mean, that's that's it. It's Fallout One and Two in Russia, um, as if the Cold War had turned hot, right? Oh. So this is an alternate history type of game. The Cold War turned hot. Everything is blown to bits, and so you are in Russia, and everything's as as is common in Russia. Everything is bleak. Um, it's everything's brown and. <laughs> cold and uh there's lots of alcohol lying around Mm -hmm. so you do drink a lot of alcohol a lot of a lot of uh, vodka but in this game you start off as a character i started off as a female character i kind of went the uh good talker and good melee fighter route um you start you do your training and then you leave they give you a mission you work for or you're part of an organization called Adam ATOM stands for something i don't know what it stands for but you are trying to find a guy there's a guy you need to go find you're like okay they send you out into the wasteland to go find him and you're not the only one they send out to find him there's like a, they send out a bunch of agents so you come across other agents as you go out uh come across lots of people lots of relationship and so like the dialogue skills really do matter in this game but your first thing as you go out you go out and immediately get mugged by a gang and like you can't win the fight they just Mm -hmm. beat you up and take all of your stuff so you start with nothing 
And so you're out in the wasteland with nothing and you, you know, you're going out and you slowly start to build up your, you know, your weapons and your items and all that stuff. So for the collector in me, while it was fantastic to me, I'm looting everything possible, um, just picking up stuff, crafting things. Uh, and so the, it does all of that very well. All of the the controls were great. The looting was great. It was there was nothing I would say unique or special about any of the gameplay besides this is the Fallout. If you loved Fallout One and Two, this is the Fallout Three that you wanted. It, it's it's exactly that. It's very Russian. So the 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 team is based in like eastern europe like it's like poland ukraine russia right they're all over the place but it's very russian but it's obviously translated into english so some of the dialogue is interesting or confusing or you know i think when they're trying to be funny it's not funny and when they're trying not to be funny it is funny but the game overall is done very very well uh my biggest complaint is that you're so very underpowered when you first go out you go out and you're coming across, I mean, you're killing bugs and, you know, typical RPG type of creatures. And that's kind of getting you levels and experience. But, like, you cannot win a, a human battle when you're fighting another human for, like, hours. I Like, for the first 10 hours, I don't think I beat a human. Huh. It was, like, instant death, right? They were just better than me. They had better weapons. They had... Right. And so that was my biggest complaint is you, it forces you to kind of go and wander around the wasteland. And there were random encounters as you wander around of like people robbing you. And you you had no choice to either give them all your stuff or you would die. And so you better you hope that you just had saved it at a good point. And so you just felt very underpowered. Every human could just kill you immediately. So that was my biggest frustration because uh, I, you know, there was some battles that I came across where I inevitably had to fight a person, and you know, like it was that or give them all my stuff, and so I'm like going back before I have to do this fight, and I found a kind of way around it, like putting all my stuff in a locker, kind of on the previous, you know, pre off screen, and then I go, you know, find them and they steal all my stuff, and then I just go get all get all the other stuff that I actually wanted get that back but it was kind of frustrating because i you know at that point you're like i just really want to get in a fight that i can win yeah um so that was my biggest frustration but it does get to a point where you're like just like in all of the bethesda games you do get to a point where you're like yeah like no one's nothing and no one is a threat anymore and so you do get to that point so i'll say it's very good this is a very good game it's 15 dollars on steam and if it, I mean, that's price, it's priced right. It's priced right. There's a lot of content in it. I think if you just did the base, if you finish the base missions, it's 20, 25 hours. If you do oh, all wow. the side stuff, which you will want to do side stuff, it's closer to 40. So it, it, there's a lot there. Plus, there's, there's, a there's a you know a dlc to the game so there's a lot there it looks really good for what it is right kind of that top down look um it looks very good it plays well like i said the controls make sense there's nothing turning me off except for 
gosh, that first little bit where I couldn't kill a person to save my life. So, um, one of the things it just looks exactly like the classic Fallout games. That's so crazy. Yeah, they didn't try not to. In fact, a, a little fact I found about this game: there is a time traveler you meet in this game. And he's from the Fallout universe. Well, yeah, he comes and he's like, yeah, here, I'm going to mark a spot on your map. It's a soda pop factory. And then you oh, look gosh. at it and you're like, that's on the other side of the world. And he's like, what? Don't you wait? Don't you guys use bottle caps for currency? And you're like, oh, no, gosh. we don't. And he's like very confused that you don't use bottle caps for currency. Like something's messed up on the timeline. <laughs> or, well, is it you said this is set in Russia, right? Yeah. So the other side of the world would be America, where they do right. use bottle caps. So he's saying this does exist, in fact, in the Fallout universe. Yes, like they're hinting at that, which is pretty funny, right? Okay, that I like that a lot. That's super cool. That's super funny. Um, so that's kind of my fun fact about the game. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to start doing when I review a game, I'm going to, like we do with Fudio games, I'm going to compare it to a food. So... Uh, if if Adam RPG was a food, it would be olives. And here's why. I liked it. I like olives. I have to be in the mood for it, right? I'm not just going to boot this game up and play it all the time. Uh, it's no, like, Rocket League or something where yeah. you can just play it. Um, just like olives, right? I don't always want to eat olives. Um, it's kind of dirty. So, like, when you have a martini, right? Uh, yeah. make it dirty, you throw olives in it, and it's a vodka martini, obviously, because we're in Russia. Okay. Uh, it's kind of bitter, uh, just like a good olive. So um, this Adam RPG is, is a one, green olive. Is a green olive <laughs> is out a green, of 10. Is a green olive. I would say this is a buy at the current price. It's $15. Is, ooh, that's it, def a buy. If you're interested in this type of game... This is a no-brainer. You, if you're really interested, you probably already played it. Yes, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a no-brainer at fifteen bucks. It does go on sale. It's been on my wish list for a long time. It does go on sale every time there's a sale. So, I mean, if you're on the fence, yeah, I'm gonna uh, put it on my wish list right just now. Just wait for a sale. You know what I mean? You'll get it for nine bucks or whatever. Uh, it's it's very easy, but it's a good game. It's very good. So, uh, Adam RPG would recommend at the current price or cheaper, which you'll find it cheaper. So very cool. All right. So that means we have a re-roll uh, for, to see who's going to be rolling the dice of destiny this week. We are using uh, the 2009 state championship <laughs> Pokemon trading card game dice that Trent and I earned. Oh, when yeah. we were big Pokemon. And we wow. killed it in that nice tournament. brag. We killed it at state. Yeah. We went to state. All right, so I will be 1-2, Peterson 3-4, Trent 5-6, and it's a 2. It's me. JD, you're up. The old lucky dice. All right, and uh, we've got a 20-sided dice here. You're going to get the worst one. Come on. Five. And a 5 is a mystery. Oh, my God, last time I got a mystery, I got Obra Dinn. Yeah, wow. I wonder if there's any other games like it. There, yes, there another there, game there, like Obra Dinn. Just play guys, that. Just look. Stop. I bet there's a good one, guys. There's no. I'll find. I'll find it for you. Okay, so I rolled a mystery, and I'm going to roll my Pokemon dice again to see how much money I can spend on this mystery. Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars oh. or less. This is any. I mean, come on, mystery yeah, games any are good not ones. sixty bucks. So I'm going to play Mist. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> 
there you go. I've never actually played that. That would count. Wait, is that a real game? Yeah, and it's yeah. Pokemon dice. Fits. The, the game wants you possible to. possible game that I could, I could choose. Uh, all right. Well, that, that rolls it up for us this week. <laughs> wow. I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Peterson, <laughs> will you edit a laugh in later for Peterson? Yes, I will edit some laughing in. <laughs> uh i outro music guys to play us out we've got the theme from loki which was the best part of watching the soda every week so it's all right i'm jd logging off this is peterson going afk this is trent signing out Oh, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Ale is always inspired to make a splash. Bell's Brewery's iconic summer beer is sunshine in a glass. Fruity, smooth, and refreshing. Relax poolside or jump in with a cannonball. Bellsbeer.com. Please drink and swim responsibly. Streaming only on Peacock. John Wayne Gacy killed 32. Straight from the killer's mouth. They want you to believe that I alone committed these murders. The new gripping six-part documentary series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Welcome to Unmuted by Gosu Gamers, a show that takes a closer look at the esports world. In every episode, the crews will be diving into the biggest news, hot topics, and tough issues in the competitive gaming industry. But today, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take two steps back and look at something a little bit more, more big picture, right? Are we gonna look at gaming and the pandemic, like gaming during the pandemic? What is the role of gaming and esports in general? So yeah, I mean. Um, I'm gonna open the floor to everybody in here. You know, um, what, how, how, how are you right now? <laughs> you know, how's your situation uh, in where you are right now? Um, yeah, before we talk about gaming, where, how, how's everybody? How, how are you, Jared? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Things are a bit spicy in, in my neck of the woods. Uh, almost like an apocalyptic game, somewhat. Uh, basically, escape from Tarkov. But yeah. Uh, otherwise, doing well. I, I I really can't imagine myself in your shoes. Uh, I hope everything is fine, and the fact that you can still do this with us that's 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 a blessing. So yeah. Um, how about Diff? How about you? How's everything? It's it's already going uh, better. Uh, we are past the big waves of pandemic. You know we. We finally are able to go a bit outside and enjoy uh, daylight, sunlight, everything. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good now. It's been hectic. All right. And uh, Christy? 
Yeah, we're kind of on the same page, I guess, with div. Um, things have really slowed down. We're at like single digit cases, new cases in a day. Um, and we can go multiple days without any kind of deaths or anything from it. So there's a lot of, um, I don't think it's been an official, but a lot of ease in the restrictions and stuff, everybody out and around, things open more, um, a lot more kind of like the open air festival things and stuff are starting to happen again. Um, so things are kind of returning back to normal here, I guess. Um, there's a lot of diaspora from all over the rest of Europe that are back in town for the next probably month or so. And I personally have concerns about what that influx from rest of Europe that is having an increase in some of their um, variants that it's going to end up maybe resulting in another wave of lockdown or something like that. But right now, at least we're kind of, uh, we have at least a break, I guess, if nothing else. So that's been a lot nicer, although the weather has been horribly hot and it makes it difficult to go outside anyway. So if it's not one, it's the other. So, okay. I'm actually envious of, of, of you guys, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, in particular about having like this single digit cases right like for us in Malaysia it's like we just hit another uh we just hit 12,000 today and yesterday there was 13,000 and for the past few days it's been like five digits all, all around it's, it's horrible and and yeah but let's let's not dive into that too much you know talking about and, like, and it's like just crazy when you think it's like a year and a half already like mm. this this isn't like you know, last year when it started and it's the July of the first year. I mean, we're talking like a year and a half later and like you guys are still in severe lockdown. We're just easing now, but have a threat of, you know, kind of a backlash or a rebound effect or something like this is still so ongoing and who knows? Yeah. And 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 that's 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 the thing, right? I mean, like COVID is 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 real. Like you know, the pandemic is really affecting everyone's life across the world, and everyone, you know, like it or not, like uh, at one stage or a time, we will we will we have to lock down at home, or we are you know we are. There's a lot of things that we're adjusting in our life, and I feel like it's very interesting. I mean, it's very important for us to talk about like um gaming and the pandemic, right? Because based on a lot of like reports that uh we read, like in particular this one um from the ESA report, uh the entertainment uh sorry, let me double check again. The um entertainment software association uh report, which we'll uh share the link of the report. Uh, in the description as well. Like, yeah, I mean, they talk about the essential facts about with the video game industry and the effects of like gaming um, amid pandemic, right? And and it's very interesting because I've done a lot of other research as well, not just focusing on this report, but like, you know, um, a lot of reporting from like other news outlet, a lot of like um, gaming industry reports, non-gaming industry reports about like how do people cope with, with this change, this huge, you know, um, pandemic that we are we are experiencing and a lot of people are actually resorting to to gaming so yeah i think today we want to talk about this we want to talk about like how do we how do we will um gaming how do we um how does gaming change uh how we uh how to say like like deal with this this pandemic so um 
anyone want to start to talk about how like like have you been like resorting to gaming or or like is how like or not at all or you're let's say focusing you're, on the gardening you're or something bunch, to yeah you're asking a bunch of gamers if we resorted to gaming <laughs> during a pandemic most of us are unaware that we weren't allowed to leave because we don't leave anyway <laughs> um all, all jokes aside and everything you know other than that we've been doing this our whole lives or planning this our whole lives type of thing um i do think that one of the things about gaming um you know you hear things like oh dead game example for dota or something and then during the pandemic there was a rise again in the player base and it it really is a lot because um you have a casual gamer um who now has a lot more time on their hands so they can grind it out more. You have just the curious kind of gamer. Um, families maybe picking it up as something to do together because they're, you know, what else do you do when you have multiple kids or, you know, um, people locked in the same house? Um, especially when you don't have maybe access to even deliveries. You know, there was a lot of delay in things with shipping and delivery, so you can't necessarily maybe order board games or things like this as easily. Um, it was a very convenient way to turn to um, occupying your time, increasing maybe some bonding or looking for something new to do, uh, developing a hobby. Not everybody wanted to do like sourdough baking or something, you know. Um, I tried so it, yeah. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Banana bread. It, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, we, we, I think at the beginning, we all thought like, oh, now everything we need to get done, we can get done. And after about a week or two, it was like, okay, this isn't going to end and I'm just not going <laughs> to keep doing these productive <laughs> yep kind of thing so but yeah um I think it, it, it's just a matter of incredible convenience you know um gaming offered you know it was right there it was in your home you most people had either a pc or a gaming console or mobile phones or things like that that they could then you know look at download um the economy was hit rough but not you know there's a lot of free to play there's a lot of cheaper versions of games and stuff like that out there so um i think that it really fueled the gaming industry more so than almost anything else probably out there industry wise you have to i mean us humans are uh, you know some some sort of social animals if you you know what i mean and we need connection no matter how much we deny that even the most introvert person will will need to actually exchange some words or something with somebody else and uh that's why games were also a very good platform for for these people that are really really introverts you know and they can't they are not outgoing they don't need uh, face-to-face time with somebody but they still need to you know express feelings through through something and gaming was always the first tool i guess uh, for, for many of us and in pandemic yeah when you're forced to to spend pretty much uh, the entire day week months uh, we had in romania uh, three months straight when we were not allowed to to do anything outside you know you you, you wouldn't be able to even go to your basic grocery shopping 
so how much movies can you watch or how much reading can you do in one day? You need something else at some point. Or as uh, you guys just said, how, how much baking can you do? And at some point you realize you can't eat it all and, you know, things like that. The pandemic weight gain is real. Yeah, and, and, and games are like great time sync, right? You can sync like thousands of hours easily depending on, on, on the type of games. And, and I'm sure, Jared, you have a lot to share about this. So what's your take on this, Jared? <laughs> um, well, I mean, the thousands of hours definitely have that one over time. Um, yeah, I mean, look, as has been said, um, there's only so much of something you can do. And then you need, you need social interaction. Myself, I have never been someone who's outwardly social. If I go out, I'm not like, I don't go out for very long and it's not very often. And I just want to get back to my computer most of the time. Um, the pandemic almost uh, kept it exactly the same for me in, in the fact that I couldn't go out this time. It was because, you know, it wasn't allowed and I got to spend time on my computer which was great unfortunately at the same time it also you know affected the esports side of um, things of gaming where um crowds and stuff couldn't be seen at tournaments so you know, all the tournaments were hit by that um that is completely separate um but yeah i think it's gaming is definitely you can see the way it's fueled um sort of a safe space for people uh during the pandemic I won't say a complete safe space because, you know, we, we know the gaming online communities, um, but it is a place where people get away. It's where we've all gotten away from things uh, in our lives and, you know, forgotten them for a few hours. And it's the same now um, where there's a massive pandemic going on and we just use gaming to get away from it. Um, not to forget it completely, but just to take our minds off things. I think it's a really important point you bring up because, you know, the pandemic time has, there's reports coming out now, but I mean, I think we all kind of knew it without having to read um, that there was a lot of mental health issues that have been on the rise because of the pandemic, because of the isolation, because of the high anxiety, the stress, the doom and gloom, you know, doom scrolling constantly, the news, the bombardment, you know, of all these negative things, you know, uncertainties, the various stressors, you know, people lost jobs, people didn't know, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty, there were, people lost loved ones, um, things were just really, really rough. And I think that gaming offered that outlet, you know, um, to kind of, not just as an escape, but to funnel some of that anxiety, to focus on some of um, that energy and also to connect with other people in a way that wasn't just going to be about the pandemic, you know, or to talk about it more. It was a way to enjoy and find something that took them out of those emotions or those feelings or, you know, their own thoughts about it, you know, um, that might have been ruminating or spinning around and stuff. And that is a, is a really important factor because gaming offered a piece for all of those different things. Yeah. And, and it's such a great, like, social lifeline, right? Remember, remember like, uh, like, in the beginning of the uh, pandemic, 
you know, when there's, there's so many people that venture into like uh, all the social games as well, like, you know, like Among Us and stuff like that, you know, that you can have like genuine con- conversation with strangers as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to talk about your life right away, but, you know, there's, there is some sort of like connection. And like, as, as you mentioned earlier, Christy, and like we, we, sometimes you just need an outlet to just let it go of whatever like frustration or whatever sort of like a mental state that you're at. You just need something to do. To do, you just need to do, and 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 yeah, and gaming offered so many choices, so many type of like um, genres, and yeah, you as we also mentioned earlier, um, outlet that you can just go on a journey and just forget about like like the real life issues for for that few hours sometimes. So yeah. It's definitely uh, great for a lot of us, like who are already gamers. Yeah, ob- I mean, obviously it is something that we will resort to to kind of like hope and uh, yeah. But at the same time, I also learned that there are a lot of new new um, new gamers or non gamers that also like picked up pick this up, right? Like personally, do you think um, do you think like this is a, a like like you know like a lot more industries will see that okay gaming it does have the potential and then they will try to come in more and like bring in all the like corporatism and all the capitalism stuff in what, what's your what's your take on this yeah you mean like Netflix now wants to put the gaming platform and stuff on there and yep get a piece of the pie <laughs> yes with Netflix yeah. I think gaming has always been a cash cow in a lot of people's minds for various reasons for years whether it was way in the beginning tournament organizers started saying hey wait we can make money and do this and have events and remember of tournaments that thought that it was going to be easy or thought that it was going to be cheap wanted to jump in wanted to get a piece of it and ended up sinking um whether they didn't pay out whether they were frauds whether they were just in over their heads you know um there was a time where we saw a lot of the, you know, tournament organizers jumping on the boat. We saw a lot of that also with esports organizations as a whole, you know, people that created esports and wanted to create their own team, their own organizations, same kind of thing. You know, they thought this was going to be this wonderful cash cow. You see all these like esports reports coming out. Gaming is, you know, going to be a $49 billion industry in five years you know and and they they inflate these numbers where they like extrapolate it from various areas and it's not really a true representation of the money or what esports does have and how it kind of flows and everything and you get these uh people with grand ideas you know jumping in and i guess now you know we went through organizations we went through tournament organizations now we're going to go through various platforms um, and business is saying, wait, we should offer gaming because look, even during times of a pandemic, we can make money, we can capitalize on this. So I, I think, you know, it's always been as a cash cow through the years, just in what way it's always just kind of changing. And I think some of us are kind of used to seeing this, you know, oh, who's jumping on the boat now, but who's jumping on the bandwagon and, and then kind of falls away or sometimes they stay. But I think we see the um, waves of this every so often. So my next question would be, would you subscribe to Netflix games? I guess. It's hard to tell. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very, I mean, you don't really know what, what they will offer right now, but I think most people, it, it would be hard for them to to enter this 
smart, although everyone watches, you know, Netflix at home for the movies uh, and TV series, but you already have like Steam, Epic Store, uh, so many other, you know, offering the same thing. You have your libraries there already. Um, yeah, I don't you know if the, I'm going to jump the... in the Netflix. I don't, I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you have all the services that are supplied by the consoles as well, like the Xbox uh, Live. Mm-hmm. You have the yeah. um, PS uh, PS Plus. Then you have like the Nintendo stuff as well. So yeah, you're right. It's not going to be easy. Uh, but how about you, Jared? Would you consider something like that? Netflix? Um, um, I think like uh, Dev said, um, there's so many platforms already. There's so many of these programs. And if we just think about, you know, the the whole... Uh, um, issue with the Epic Games launcher and how people are, you know, you still have Steam, there's Origin, there's um, Battle.net, uh, all these platforms. Uh, having another one on top of that, that what, what exactly are Netflix bringing to the table that's going to be different in that manner? What There needs to be something special that they have there. It has to be a huge drawing card who knows? Maybe Dota Three is coming, and Netflix are on board already. Wow. I, I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's more like I mean, we don't know much about what Netflix uh, wants to do with this, but it's all. When I saw the news yesterday, uh, the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, the mixer story. Mm, you know yes. uh, how, how they wanted to compete with Twitch, with YouTube, and Microsoft, and everything, and how badly it went. I hope yeah. it's not. Uh, we don't. We don't yeah. see a repeat of that. Uh, we have just to to wait and see what, right. what Netflix wants. My, my guess is, yeah. My my personal prediction about like Netflix um, venture into games. I don't think they're gonna be another like the the next theme or origin, right? I feel like they they might venture more into the social, if not casual gaming. So they will. They might. Their their competitor would be something like let's say, uh, Google Arcade. You know, or, or like with all the, the Apple games. That's that's my guess. But yeah, I, I might be wrong to be honest. Yeah. Jackbox games would uh, I guess would do pretty well because Netflix yeah. is it's something that like for families, you know, mm, you have share accounts with families and everything. If you have jackbox games there to to do once <laughs> Yeah, that's spend what some I time in the say. evening. Mm. Is that you know, Netflix is gonna be good for that casual or curious kind of gamer. Um, I'm not so sure any official or hardcore or um, committed gamer is going to see, you know, themselves switching over or so easily, or even if they do it, it will be just like a casual thing they do sometimes with friends. But um, I don't know if the market of the casual family kind of gamer will be enough to be able to sustain it, though, to make it competitive in any way you know it's just maybe more of like adding an additional piece on to their platform that makes them more unique than say hulu or something you know where people will go to netflix as a whole um, because they offer all of these different things and they can increase their price as a whole for a full package things like this i i, I don't know that they'll necessarily try to jump in like you said you know i don't know that they'll try to jump in to be competitive for the real gamer you know like the mixer thing and everything they tried to jump in on something that was already established already big already being done 
with the same product, so to speak, you know, like overall trying to hit the same market and you, it takes a lot to have to pull us away from what we're comfortable with and what we already know. And, um, you know, that's why I don't, I think that's why we don't see a lot of success in the people. I mean, we even had, it wasn't just Mixer, it was Hitbox a while back, um, you know, all of these things, because, you know, we get stuck in our ways, we get in our comfort zone, especially as gamers, as we get stuck in our ways, we don't like change. I mean, how many times when, you know, Valve or a company will offer a change in how they're going to present something, the, the immediate response is, oh! <gasps> What are you doing? <laughs> you yeah. know, and and so it's um. But in yeah. the end, I think it's about how you make people to spend the most of their time or, or to never leave your platform. So if I'm a Netflix subscriber, I'm already spending at least a few hours. Uh, let's say <laughs> during the pandemic, I mean I'm binge watching some TV series. Uh, then I'm moving to some perhaps movie that they have there. And if I'm get, getting bored with that, why not just play some game with uh, with my mom or somebody in the house on the same platform? I don't have to, you know, shut down the Netflix, go to Steam. You know, if you're sitting with your family watching a movie and, you know, you want to do something else, you can just switch to this instead and you can still carry on playing. That I think that could be a very nice angle for Netflix. Hey, contact us. We got We got the money for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it can build into the algorithm to suggest, right? right? For example, like, well, they can do something like, oh, you just watch Hunger Games. Would you like to mm-hmm. try four, four guys now? You know, something <laughs> along that line. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, uh, for them to do that, I don't think it's that hard for them. Okay. Speaking I mean, of well, like, but also, yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, during yeah. the pandemic, I think we saw a lot of rise in young gamers, you know, kids, mm, yeah. kids, 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 not yeah. just young, but like six, seven, eight years old and stuff, where previously parents kind of always shied away, oh, screen time or this and this, it became my kid is suffering, my kid needs something, they need a break, they need distraction, they need interaction, they need all these things. And so we saw a rise in that and to cut them off is going to be hard now, you know, the kids got used to being able to game to play and doing that. There's also a lot more um, like educational kind of games and things out there. And something like Netflix will be able to offer that, which I think parents will see as especially because Netflix will have like parental control, things like this, that'll make it easy. And again, on a platform that the parents are already comfortable with knowing how to navigate through. So they're not like all of a sudden having to install something new, learn a whole new platform, uh, which can be intimidating. It's kind of an easy transition. But like, you know, Minecraft came out with that um, coding game that they had and things like that. Like there's so many more like things now, educational, that parents will say, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I can, you know, see myself letting my kid continue to play on these areas or schools were doing interactive games and things like that. You know, I, I know I saw a lot like um, Zoom classes for kids would play Among Us together or something like that as part of like their online classes. Just, you know, normally you have recess or gym or something like that. And they were looking for ways to get their class to kind of bond or to have fun or to break some of that tension and everything doing these types of things. And I think that... um because that's another area we saw kind of grow. I think that something like Netflix, it's going to be easy to incorporate that um, because everybody, the family is already 
establish somewhat of a precedent that they're letting their younger kids play now or have explored it. So you would normally develop a kid's, uh, you know, teamwork or strategical uh, thinking or through through various activities, group activities outside the school or in pandemic, you can't do that. So, of course, the games uh, were the first option where, where a class can work together to a common goal or have to solve some sort of puzzle or, or things like that. And yeah, it totally makes sense for a lot of games, uh, non-competitive games, a lot of, you know, the commercial part to to have such a boom. Yeah, um, it's it, if you if you remember in 2018 we had the economical uh, economic crisis uh, that hit the US and Europe and and I don't know what the other parts of the world and a lot of people were out of jobs and nobody was hiring so everyone was at home uh, pretty much in 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 a similar uh, distress like we are now with uh, with the coronavirus and gaming was uh, one of the two industries that really boomed back then and it makes a lot of sense you know you have nothing to do with your uh, life for the you have no perspective for the next six months or one year you will just invest your time in in grinding something you would level up a character in wow or whatever mmo you would uh, grind your mmr and i believe there were a lot of uh, already established games that had an increase of player base, but right now what's happening is that all these small companies uh, and you know casual games that would suit a 16-year-old or a 7-year-old or that will connect generations uh, had had really their shot uh, during this pandemic. It's funny, I mean... Games as well. Yeah, this pandemic, for instance, I uh, finally decided to, to buy switches you know controllers i i haven't had that since i was 16 years old and i played the spirit fairer uh basically i bought them for that and i was amazed how 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 genuine and how good that game is for any young person for a kid to understand some things about life that are harsh and hard to explain and yeah, it touched me a lot. It, it impressed me, and I recommend it to all my friends that have kids. You know, I was super beautiful, uh, and I think that happened to a lot of uh, people. We bought a know? switch too. <laughs> yeah, and then Same. I bought. Uh, then I bought it takes two, and I played it with my fiance. Although our relationship is pretty good, <laughs> it, it didn't need a fix, but. <laughs> The game is also super cool for uh, for casual gamers, couples, and, and things like that. And only with what was released in, in I don't know, the last year, you can tell that uh, the need has a bit changed from like five years ago or, or something like that. Yeah, since we're talking about handheld consoles, I just want to drop it real quick. What is your take on Steam Deck? Yay or nay? It's not bad. It's not bad. And the fact that they allow you to to play games from other platforms, you don't have to really only Steam, you know. That's super smart and good. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good idea. It, it's not, it, it's it's taken what, you know, so let's say Switch took from Sony with the PSP and Switch went, you know, over and above and it has, Switch is amazing. Um, Steam or the Steam Deck has done 
what both those companies didn't and make that platform open to anyone. Basically, it's a handheld device that you can play PC games on. So, you know, your normal Steam library games and then anything else you really want to. It's not um, just confined to only Valve games or only Steam games, things like that. It, whether it will do well or not, uh, that remains to be seen. Um, I don't know if if people will put more money into something that's handheld um, after, you know, you have a phone already. <laughs> the classic words the of... Thing, uh, the thing uh, with these consoles or uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, I see them as a perfect tool for when you're traveling long yeah. distances. And if I want to play something from my couch, I think uh, a controller and, uh, I don't know, a PlayStation or whatever Xbox will do better than, than having a small screen. Because if I want that, I also have the phone, as Jarrod just mentioned. Mm. I don't know if this is the perfect right. time to release that, but <laughs> it looks but, cool as And that's concept. where the, the Switch does so well, is because you can connect the two controllers to being like one controller and still have it up on your screen so you're still on your couch it's still wireless it's still on your screen which is big you can still sit so there's there's so many different ways to play the switch the steam deck is that does the same I, I you need to I purchase the, the, has this, yeah. the dock is separate here that was the one thing mm. um i don't think it's a bad move i just don't know if it's the right move right now like Div said it, it might be the wrong the wrong time to be bringing that out okay now let's let's bring back you know the topic back to like gaming and the pandemic right so i just want to ask like each of you um like i would say this is quite a personal question but like do you have like a go-to game you know when you are let's say uh, like distressed or whatever like you know for you do you have like go-to game for specific purpose even i'm still banned in dota (laughs) (laughs) i think i have one more until when I think it's one like week, one so. more week, yeah. Uh, for the past 10 years or so, uh, Dota has been part of my routine, uh, daily routine, uh, for a very long time. Um, and actually, still now, I would admit, the first thing I'm doing in the morning is have a coffee and uh, a Dota game. That's how my morning starts. Of course, unless it's something that you need to work on, like you have a major or something else. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, when when I have the mornings, uh, I can start like that. Uh, I wake up at seven a.m. and to seven and to from seven to nine or to eight, it is just one or two Dota games. Uh, before that, I had the World of Warcraft, where I spent all my youth. <sighs> I don't know why. I don't regret it. I made a lot of friends. This is another thing with with games. I made so much friends in my wild time. Uh, yeah. People that, I don't know, 15 years old, uh, year, years later are still our friends. They are not from this country. You know, we visit every time we can. We spend, we do Christmas to each other's houses or, you know, across the borders. That was, that is probably the most awesome part from from spending your time in an MMO or a game where you make connections mm. like that. I married one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah if i if i if i if i'm to be honest uh <laughs> the relationship with uh with uh my fiance we we met like 15 years ago years old uh back 
And the first game we played was WoW, World of Warcraft. And I think our uh, relationship solidified, solidified in that. We played a lot of arenas together. He was a warlock, I was a paladin. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> then we had to stop playing together any competitive game at some point. We are not playing Dota together, for instance. We can't do that. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we. That's why we played. Yeah. Um, it takes two. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think uh, for myself, it has been World of Warcraft. Well, MMOs in general for for years. Well, I I have lots of hours in Dota. Dota is the game where I will play it for. Well, especially nowadays, I will play it for a game or two games and then I if you have a family relying on your income you need life insurance but finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime that's where policy genius comes in in minutes policy genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers once you apply the policy genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape to save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family, head to policygenius.com today. 90 Day is going tropical on the new Discovery Plus original series, Love in Paradise, the Caribbean. It's a vacation love story where sun, surf, and seduction collide. Four Americans are traveling back to the exotic islands where they hope their sexy romances can turn into forever. Love in Paradise, the Caribbean. A 90-day story. Streaming now only on Discovery+. Plus. Start your free trial. Terms apply. I am too angry to do anything else but sit and play something to calm me down. And that has always been World of Warcraft or, as I said, MMOs in general. I've, I've gone through every MMO on the market and only two have really stuck. And that's been World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. Um, the i don't know i like to have said the the connections and the people you make like especially now <clears throat> during a pandemic um you can see that like you know you maybe you have them on discord or something like that and you used to like play together eight years ago and suddenly you get this message like hey how are you doing how's things going like that's it's special because you know uh, you might be you might have never met this person. You might have only ever spoken like twice. You might have graded with them. You could have done arena with them, but you know, someone that you've just known in an online capacity is just checking up to see how is everything going? You know, <clears throat> everyone knows there's like a pandemic going on. Let's see how people that we made these connections with over the years are doing. And that, I think that is something huge. And I think that's why gaming in all senses, is flourishing at the moment. Yeah, I would like to add on to like the whole experience of like you know, the, the connection that you form with your MMO guildies, like your WoW guildies, or even uh, your Final Fantasy like um, friends. This this is very special because like you technically save the world countless time together with them alongside. You know, you embark on like countless time of like epic journey, and you went through um, the grind with them, countless hours, like to farm for materials, to like, you know, try the bosses, died countless time as well, and you've gone through the ups and downs, and, and when we've, we are experiencing the like similar, like I would say, like dark path in our real life, 
like they are always there. You know, when you go back into the game, you know, sometimes it's just a simple like, "Hey, how are you?" It just kind of lighten my day. Yeah, I, I like 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 Diff and um Jared. I'm a WoW junkie myself. I still play um uh classic. I still play the Burning Crusade right now. Um, not as active as I would like to be, but it's okay. I still log in once in a while. Um, but for me, my go-to game right now, if I do want to calm myself down, actually would be I would say it's the all the all your like auto chess variants. Like you know, um, I play uh the Hearthstone Battlegrounds. I used to play auto chess uh, a lot uh in 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 Dota, uh, and then until they made uh, Underlords, I couldn't quite get. You know, I don't couldn't quite get it. I don't like it. But yeah, but the other variants, I, I tried pretty much all the auto chess variants. And yeah, to me, it's, it's kind of like playing chess. And I, and I like chess. I like really, you know, like tactical games. I like board games and stuff. So yeah, um, Battlegrounds, you know, like to me, it just comes like a second nature. So I can just sit there and just like, yeah, I'll play around. And well, I can still work at the same time, you know, but you do have that windows, you know, that where, where, where you can let them auto run and so, so yeah, I can still look at this score. I can still check on progresses. I can still reply emails. You know, so it's quite, quite a, uh, um, I would say, convenient game for me. Um, yeah. Christy, yourself, yeah. aside from Dota, that you're banned. <laughs> that I'm banned for now. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, the, I'm kind of the opposite. Like I love to do the co-op games, um, with a party, you know, and with friends and things like that. Um, but if I'm not in a group I hate playing them because I get so much anxiety like performance anxiety I'm not great and I like it's okay Dota for example right I play every hero support I play support I'll you know I mean god it's so nice that you don't have to buy wards all the time I can finally buy boots now you know things like this but like I get so much anxiety like I'm going to let my team down. It's going to be my fault if we lose, things like this. So when I'm looking to unwind, it's not games like this. For me, it's more of like the solo, just kind of mindless farming, you know, Minecraft, Stardew Valley, now Genshin Impact, you know, like these are where I turn to for just de-stressing, letting go, getting lost in my own world. And maybe that has to do with, you know, the fact that like, my rest of my life and time is always around and with so many other people coordinating constantly like you know um being very social whether it's professional and work related or family things like that and so when i finally have the time i'm looking to be alone um that might be a bit of the difference but yeah i, I love playing co-op games and everything mmo games if i'm in a party even Overwatch, things like that. The second you put me alone, I start getting anxious <laughs> and afraid that I'm going to ruin everyone else's experience. Um, and this I, is Dota uh, all about just ruin everyone's life. <laughs> yeah, you know, matter it's your team or the other one. Report. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny. I wish I could embrace no, that. No, I wish I could embrace the fact that like I can't do any worse than these people who are legitimately breaking their items and going down mid and throwing and everything. Like I'm not doing any worse than that, you know. But I still have this. <gasps> I missed my spell. Oh my god. What? Ca- okay. True story, true story, true story, true story. Wait, I have been banned from play, forbidden to play Bane. Garda will not let me play Bane when in Dota because I sleep the wrong people all the time. 
at the wrong times. Like I just, I just don't have a game sense for this hero and I do it wrong. And I have actually, I have a ban on it. I'm not allowed to play <laughs> because of exactly that. Aaron, are you sure that he, he hasn't sent an email to Valk to ban you for three months? <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's the one who initiated the ban. <laughs> no, well, I he get did a... initiate the ban, but <laughs> yeah, I get the anxiety of having to perform when when in a team game. We have uh, uh, some of my closest friends. Uh, they are a couple, and she they are both playing Dota. They both played WoW. They are great gamers, both you know. Uh, but she's very afraid of uh, playing uh, public games on the ladder in Dota. Uh, I, don't, never, I, don't I mean, I don't know. I don't think she played more than five games like that. And she's always playing with bots. Like, I don't know, it's been seven years or something like that. And I see her still same, playing same. With, with bots. Same. I, I don't, I don't she, play ranked. I don't. I don't even touch that button because... But she when, doesn't even play, I mean, not ranked, but, you know, uh, the normal games. Mm-hmm. Non-ranked, yeah. Non-ranked, yeah. yeah. When, I, I, um, we discuss with her every day. It's fine. It's fine. You're playing with us. We are not getting mad if you... No. I, um, so, yeah. Garter and Vigos taught me how to play Dota. And I, you know, had no idea what I was doing. And I would lane with Garter. And finally, he turned around and he was like, said to Vigos he's like you just lane with her I can't deal with it I can't play with her I can't be anywhere on the same side of the map with her (laughs) just take her and I was like oh my god and I was probably one of the last times we played together (laughs) because it's it's you know it's just not good it doesn't work (laughs) most people get uh, pretty frustrated playing well with me if it's just you know me and someone else because I'm very bossy with the what I want done. So if you don't do it, I do get rather perturbed. And so a lot of the time, uh, uh, people won't do 2v2 arena with me because unless they are like a very much stronger personality than me and know what they're doing, I'm going to get really annoyed as soon as we lose. Are you a raid leader, Jared? Yeah. Uh, I used to be, but not anymore. The bossy even for that. They demoted Yeah, him. well... I mean, I was also captain. I was captain of the Dota team, so you know that that went well. <laughs> Back in Dota one days, yeah. Yeah, I mean okay. that's that's the thing is that even when you're playing with a group and for fun, you know, if you've got a player in your team that is on a professional level or takes it very serious, it's still really hard as a group to play with that person. Hence, why I don't play with Garter. <laughs> so. Do you know what game has uh, probably the most awesome community and I never seen a raid where people with, with disagree or not follow what, what the raid leader says and, and just the community is so mature and so nice, even online. Oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a next You're level right, yeah. game and that's a next level MMO. I'm yeah. very sorry that uh, I can't play it and I don't have the nerves and the patience and the time to learn everything. My fiance plays it for a very long time now. And yeah, I'm mesmerized all the time. Fun. Just listening yeah. to the raid, you know, comes. It's <laughs> like, wow, this this will never happen in WoW. This will never happen in Dota. Never, not in a hundred years now. Do you think because yeah. it takes so much time? Yes, because of the time patience, that you put into that game. Yeah, yeah. It, it tends to have a more mature kind of player base or something then. 
Yeah, yeah, they but have mature heard players, that too about and it. yeah, it is just awesome. It's awesome, and I'm 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 super super frustrated that I yeah. can't learn or I don't have time and the nerves to do it. I think the learning curve is quite high for that game, right? So if you have to go through that sort of learning curve to like master you know, a lot of things to understand how things work, you you kind of already get the game. You have a certain level of understanding, so everybody is in sync. In a way, yeah, not like the let's say like like WoW or even Dota. Sometimes you know you just need to go. It's, the accessibility is 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 different as compared to Eve Online. You can just go in and yeah, just screw everything up, you know. And yeah, and there's no I would say no way to punish you. But for Eve Online, in a way they can just like attack you. You know, they 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 there there is there is a consequences. Yeah. All right. Now I mean we also talk about all these like you know. Potential, I would say, uh, effects, and and the thing is that we are all gamers for for many years, so we kind of know where to draw the line. We kind of know, you know, how to play with that. Let's say, you know, if I can't play with my partner, then I'm not gonna play with it him with him or her. Yeah, you know, that that's great because we we kind of gone through that phase. But you know, we are still in the pandemic. You know, we are still locked down in the same space with this person, like it or not. You know, um, and what I'm trying to 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 bring up here is like, you know, the hostility, the hostility. Sorry, I something wrong with my tongue. But yeah, the hostility and toxicity in games. You know, I just, I don't know if we will actually amplify during this this like pandemic. You know, because we like, a lot of us are really like depressed or if not like in in uh, I would say like bad shape, right? And with all this like negativity that that exists in the game, when sometimes you just couldn't blur that line, do you think that it will amplify that, or do you think that yeah we are fine? Let's just take on this. Yeah, it really depends on the games, I guess. Mm. Um, for Dota, it probably the the it's probably true, but in Dota, you always have the mute button, you know, the mute all, which I'm actually using since it was uh, put there. Mute all chat. Now, for instance, I'm playing now also in pandemic, I reactivated my uh, Guild Wars account because I just can't, I don't want to, to go into details, but uh, World of Warcraft is, it's simply not the game for me anymore. It's been like that since, uh, a long time ago so i reactivated guild wars which was also a dead game i mean th this is what i knew about it it's a dead game and actually it's it's full of people it's not that dead and yeah they they seem nicer as a community there from compared to what i remember from wow uh i guess it really depends on the game the community it has i think that's yeah i think that's true i think it does depend on the game and the people playing it. Um, look, if you if you just think of of gaming um, from from over the years, you you see that people always say, "Hey, Dota players are toxic. Hey, League of Legends players are toxic." Um, it's all it, it it it's not just the game there. I think that's just the gameplay and how people end up being in those games. Um, Whereas, yes, I mean, the, uh, the, the WoW community uh, over the years has definitely become worse and worse. But lately, maybe since they brought out Classic, um, at least online, there's been a lot less of that toxicity felt. And I mean, that's on Classic and on retail. 
I haven't seen as much of that hostility and that toxicity um, in either of the, well, I mean, it wasn't really there in classic back in the day. Uh, it was more like, you know, the Baron's chat where, um, you know, people are PVPing and yeah, it gets a bit heated. With WoW, I remember, I mean, the biggest dramas I had were, were guilt related. You know, there, there was always a drama and it would end up really bad uh, with someone not being picked up so much for the raids, especially if you are a, like a high competitive guild in the, on the server, you know, uh, people not, not getting assigned to raids or uh, being, uh, I don't know. It's usually about rotation or loot. It's usually one of these two, yeah. I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> Nowadays, in, in retail at least, it's become more about why aren't you taking X class into this dungeon? Uh, what is wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, this class is doing really well, and it's just, that's where it gets to, I guess. But I think in the pandemic, at least, um, it's, I don't know, I don't haven't really seen it becoming worse. I feel like people are more calm online in, in most games. I mean, if you look at things like Call of Duty um, with Warzone, they have that hot mic thing. So when you kill someone, you get to pick up what they're saying. And I mean, with that, that can be pretty bad at times. And <laughs> You can hear the anger in, in someone's voice when you kill them. But at the same time, you know that it's not like this vengeful kind of violence or, you know, it's not extreme toxicity um, in a game. You're not sitting there for half an hour bashing your keyboard, telling someone how they did something wrong while sitting AFK in your spawn. Um, so I think there's, there's two sides to it. I think that, yes, I think the pandemic could have made people a little bit worse online because there's newer players. But I think for the most part, a lot of the older players are actually um, helping newer players or seeing that there's a lot of newer players and nurturing that um, in in a lot of games, uh, I'm just thinking about Final Fantasy now and how there's a mass like exodus towards Final Fantasy 14 and a lot of the old guard players, those of us who have been there for for years, are sitting going, no, don't, like don't feel bad. Like yo, we had no idea what the hell was going on as well when this game came out. Just do this, you do this, and yeah, there we go. It's it's a weird swing, but it also definitely goes to to both extremes. I think that that's where it comes down to the person playing. Like, are you gonna get pissed off with this person screwing up this tactic, or are you just gonna help them? All right. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I'm gonna like move the uh, conversation to the realm of esports right now. So my 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 next question, I think. It's about like, can the whole esports system sustain, you know, long term with just online tournaments? With like pandemic is still going on, right? Yes, there are some tournaments that are really like you know they are planning for offline, like you know, um, the, um, likely there will be like offline and with uh, uh, audience as well. But in the bigger picture, in the grand scheme of things, do you think esports will still be doing well? Because up to this point. Yeah, we, we, we see there, there, there's you know, increased numbers in viewerships, in like player base and all that. But in the long run, let's say if we, we have to go through with COVID for the next two years, per se, you know, whether like it or not, 
What, what it will be harder and harder to follow uh, competitions online because online is forcing you to regional, you know, local competition. I was already fed up during uh, 2020 to see, I mean, how many times can I see Team Secret versus OG or Team Secret versus Nima or Team Secret versus Liquid? That was all that happened one year. And I was like, okay, I got it. I want Team Secret or OG versus LGD. I, I just wanted that. And Please don't bring it back for the next two years. Um, I think people will, will just, I mean, the interest will just fade away the longer it takes this pandemic and this online thing. It will uh, be less. Uh, the way the regional leagues in Dota and actually in league, because they have pretty much the same system, right? With regional competition that leads to a LAN. That regional competition builds, you know, uh, builds excitement and and uh, interest for for the people to see how the best team in one region will fare against the best team in the other region. But when you know there is no land on the horizon and and the regional thing is all that you have, you yeah. might just prefer to play the game instead of watching the same matchup repeating on and on and on and on. I agree. And I don't think it's just also about the matchup. It's also about the caliber of the games, you know, how serious um, people take it or don't take it, who participates in those games. Um, there's a lot more factors than just exactly the regional to regional, but I, I agree that's a huge thing, especially for the fans. Um, I think that in the beginning, it took a really hard hit. You know, there wasn't even the regional we had problems with players who were playing for teams in other regions had to go back home or were not able to compete with their teams. I think at this point, we've established somewhat of a routine and a rhythm for how it's being dealt with, um, some workarounds, things like that. We even had our two majors on LAN, even though they didn't have spectators, we managed to be able to pull it off and bring that TI is still you know, in the works, uh, delayed as it is, it's still something that's there. Same with the other, you know, divisions of games and everything is going on. We've kind of moved forward now. Um, I don't see that we'll go backwards into only regional based and only online, but I'm not so sure how much still we can rely on having spectators at those lands or, um, opening it up even further. I think that the, the lands will still be a little bit more um, prestigious, I guess. We won't be able, we won't, we won't see lands. Example, ESL did their tournament. It was still online, even though they technically are a tournament organizer that does well in organizing lands, has multiple lands, probably could have organized having most of those teams be on some kind of LAN setting in a studio somewhere and everything, and they still didn't, it was still just online. Um, I, think, I think we can still have the LANs will see, the tournaments will see, they'll be more prestigious. Um, so that means there'll be less of them, which impacts both prize pool monies, talent, things like this. But I think that um, we shouldn't see us going back to only regional events and only online events. I think that's something that we figured out how to move away from with modifications and adjustments at least, or at least I hope we've learned how to do that. I was pretty surprised uh, 
during the pandemic to see that in Dota uh, they didn't actually go for the most uh, the the more crazier tournament formats. I mean, we had Midas modes and and things like that uh, years before the pandemic. And during the pandemic, it was only Blast that tried something different. Uh, I think I would watch that in in you know if if you are forced into a lockdown and you have to you know organize something you have to keep the the community and the scene active i would probably be more interested in into watching something crazy twisted instead of watching the same uh, four five six teams going head to head for a year yeah, for yeah. the same stake yeah. you know and there's, there's also agree. the option of being able to alternate what server a game will be played on. So for example, you know, you can have a South American team and say a, a European team play if you're going to alternate which server. So they'll both have equal amounts of time of lag or some ping adjustments and everything else to kind of even things out. If, if there's not like, say, example, DPC points on the line, you know, which makes it obviously a priority to make sure that everything is equal across the board. But if there's nothing like that on the, the line, I don't see why we can't also um, look at other ways for incorporating inter-regional play for some things. Um, yeah, I mean, I play, I played most of my ranked Dota I actually played all of my ranked Dota at 200 plus ping because I refused to play local. And then, you know, the local servers actually got taken down. So I was right in that. But um, yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Like, why can't you just have, uh, yeah, like you say, if it's not for a competitive base, if it's not, like, I suppose at the end of the day, it's still going to be a prize pool. And so, people are going to say, oh, well, they had the upper hand and they, that's why they got the better share of the prize pool. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. But I, I think that those tournaments like um, the, the Blast and um, Midas mode could definitely, could easily do that because um, the tournaments are known for just being about fun and just, you know, messing around, having these really weird uh, modes. You could even, well, on, on the Dota side of things, the the um, the arcade games in Dota um, are still are still there, and they have a smallish base. But you know, you could just you know throw in a tournament, throw that into a tournament just to break up the the entire seriousness of a tournament, even if it is a regional tournament. Have these like. Um, all-star matches but you know the regional teams put like <clears throat> players mix them around and throw them into a game of pudge wars or anything really and just you know it it doesn't have to be for anything it can just be half an hour of what the hell is going on on my screen right now uh, these players playing together yeah we, um, we kind of forgot uh, about the entertaining part which is yes a big thing for for this industry right and when the pandemic hit everyone was just obsessed with there are no competitions what we did and when we kind of focused on that 
I think it was more of a panic reaction than anything, yes. you know, people mm. just kind of, I mean, even tournament organizers, it was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, and nobody knew what to expect again, you know, going back, nobody knew, oh, this two week lockdown turned into a one year lockdown type of things, you know, so it was really hard. But I, I do think we've kind of adjusted, even ESL, I remember was going to bring over, was it Thunder Predator? Um, one of the South American teams. Um, not because it was a land, but to at least get them on a in the region so that they could compete with the other teams that were in the region and stuff. So there's lots of ways that things could be, or piggybacking off of a land, you know, that was happening so that they could have the teams who were still there in Ukraine being able to play, you know, from China, you know, the teams from China and stuff like that to still be able to participate um, because they were still in the region, you know, piggybacking off of somebody else's event, so to speak, to have your teams be available to play for a region, even though it's all online. I, I think we've we've been able to establish there's lots of ways, whether it's the entertainment value games like we were talking about or ways to kind of play with ping or ways to have just some of the teams on a LAN, you know, come in because, of course, there is the factor of, you know, if you're not having LAN, um, if you're having a land but without spectators, you know, there's a cost factor and things like that that change economically. Um, what can you afford? What can't you afford? What can you do? But but I do think that there's a lot, we've seen that there's a lot of ways that we can work around and we can do it and we can move forward. We have also vaccinations now. We have a lot more of the con certain countries opening up more for travel. Um, I, I, I don't foresee unless it really hits hard again like it did initially that we have to re revert back to what it was that first year I think we're kind of past that I think we've seen we can do lots of other things and I think that no matter what we'll be able to see our esports competitive um, portion continue to flourish or rise or bounce back if you know again yeah yeah I think I think yeah, go ahead that, there yes uh, sorry. Uh, I think with that, I, um, I think esports has taken a big hit in that exact sense, though, because of not having um, crowds and fans. While it may not, I think we've spoken about this before on one of our unmuteds, where we we spoke about how the crowd definitely fuels certain teams, whether they they are cheering or booing. It doesn't matter. Some teams live for hearing that crowd and feeling that vibration from people cheering around them. And that is the one thing where we need to have spectators again. And it, it needs to happen at, at these esports events. And we're looking at TI here and a TI without spectators is going to be fairly sad if that was the case thankfully hopefully it's not yeah i'm and i i hope you know i hope there will be live audience for sure uh, at ti i really hope um but they're gonna go back to the the whole like uh point about like you know looking at various modes that are like more focused on the entertainment value i mean Dota 2 in particular, this is the right time, right? We have about three months of void to, to fill up the get the, the space, right? I think if you're an event organizer that you're watching this right now, yeah, this is a good opportunity to, to really, yeah, yeah, have some fun, you know, like in, invite teams from across regions. Yeah, there'll be ping, but so what? I mean, let's just 
speed up the time yeah and it and it's it yeah i mean we're about to go through potentially a three-month you know drought so to speak of a lot you know maybe we'll have one or two pop up but like you know teams are going to be will we need to practice for ti or they're going to be like we don't want to you know drop our strats you know or give away any ideas of what we're doing or or you have your tier two teams and your lower tier one teams who are already i mean i would venture to guess that we have less than 50 percent of those teams still intact you know without roster changes or being disbanded you know so instead of worrying about it being competitive if it becomes more entertainment wise and oriented i think you'll see a lot more teams or stacks willing to participate and join in those um, because they don't have to worry about saving strats, taking away from their scrim time, you know, um, that their team is disbanded or they're just a stack or anything like this. I, I, I think that um, we have a opportunity to see fun things during this time and especially we don't even know when and if the patch will drop or how that's going to work, all these kinds of uncertainties. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the perfect time. We can see a lot of it because we'll get a lot more team involvement by doing it on that approach than your traditional competitive. Okay. All right. On that note, I think we are about to end our episode today. Um, yeah, but before we end it, um, just would like to open the floor as like uh, if anyone of you have anything that you want to say to our fellow gamers, you know, um, amid the pandemic that yeah, about anything at all, like to 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 cope, you know, with uh, whether it's gonna be any sort of personal distress or like um, mental state or just like negativity in general. Any words for to like our fellow gamers? Look, uh, yeah, the pandemic is is insane, intense. It, it is something that none of us expected and mental health issues are global. Um, if you're playing a game and you're enjoying the game and someone tries to tell you how to play the game or starts whispering you and or starts messaging you in all chat, mute buttons exist. Just don't listen to them. Don't reply. Don't respond. Mute. It is, it is that simple to get away from that. Over and above that, if that person carries on and in some way finds you and carries on doing so, just block them. Uh, it 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 doesn't help you in any way to listen to negativity when you're doing something that is ultimately positive for you. And on that exact, yeah. following up on that and on that exact note, we have an article which will be in the links below that addresses mental health issues in gaming with the resources. Um, if you are, if people are feeling like they have more anxiety or depression or stress, um, either because of the pandemic or through their gaming, or they just happen to be gamers and are going through these experiences on the side and stuff, you know, um, we, we've included some resources for folks um some tips some tricks some resources people to reach out to and everything so definitely take a look at those if you're falling into one of those categories or know someone who is yeah just stay positive and don't let anyone tell you who is better at one game or other or at wording or whatever uh, the market is big and uh, there's a lot of games out there that can uh, keep you busy and, and make you forget about what's happening around. 
stay positive and it will pass at some point. It yeah. has to. And to jump on that, yeah, I mean, use this time to really explore like the different type of genres that you may not have the time or opportunity to try before, right? All right. So uh, with that, we're going to end our session today. So if you like what you see or hear, um, do like, subscribe, you know, and um, comment. And yeah, just let us know if you want to reach out to us. If you have anything that you want to tell us at all, you can also reach out to us at uh, editor at gosugamers.net. And we are also on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Okay. Yeah. So see you guys next time. If you have a family relying on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. That's where Policy Genius comes in. In minutes, Policy Genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape to save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family. Head to PolicyGenius.com today. Academy Sports and Outdoors has you covered from head to toe with the best from Adidas. From balls to backpacks and apparel to footwear, get a fresh Adidas look and gear up to get back to sports with Adidas at Academy Sports and Outdoors. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.